What is up? Welcome to the latest episode of the Never Been Done Podcast. Your mostly weekly show of insanity, fun, movies, and making CBS mad at life. Make him so mad. So mad. So very mad. Get out. <laughs> You're both still alive, right? So Except at CBS, when, he's, when, when CBS goes, he's like, I don't like this pizza. There's vegetables on it. Where's the pepperoni? There was pepperoni. That's good. That's for you. And ham. Slash Canadian bacon. If that's what you want to call it. It's, I, I feel like it's ham because Canadian bacon is worldwide shortage right now. That's a true story. Wait, what? Huh. There's a worldwide shortage of Canadian bacon. Which is just ham. It's thinly sliced ham. Yeah, but like whatever fucking, like everywhere wants it and you can't get it. But it's thinly sliced ham. Well, so it's like somebody I mean, with, ham with, is... a, with a really good deli slicer just needs to thinly slice some ham. Yeah, most people don't have that. A deli slicer? Yeah. They're in every deli across the planet. I'm not talking about just delis. Like, all the stop and save convenience stores I sell to you, they want it. Can't get it. Don't know what to tell you. What do they do with it? They make, like, little pizzas and shit. Sandwiches. And there's actually not a lot of ham on the market either. That's thinly sliced. Well, one of the... I remember I'm someone who worked with you at one point told me that there was one um, pig farm that had to, like, slaughter, like, 60 or 6,000 pigs and then just bury them in a field because because they were, like, didn't have anybody to feed them, didn't have enough money to continue to feed them, and they couldn't slaughter because there was no, like, money to, like... And nobody to sell to, so. Right. Well, yeah. Sliced ham, Canadian bacon, whatever it is. Even, like, pre-cooked bacon that's, like, in the shape. Have you ever seen those where it's, like, a round piece of bacon? I have. Even those you can't get, like... So, places like convenience stores or places that don't have slicers or ovens or whatever whatever it might be i don't know they can't really get any of that shit interesting ain't it though yeah, i don't know what cbs is doing but food. um my dog was barking and whatever but so yeah how's it going man had a good time last week with your dad yeah he had a good time as of currently when we're recording this which we're not going to say the time um, or the day, just to make things mysterious, but we, uh, I still haven't got the photo done because, weirdly, CBS got that done. Not weirdly, but he's got it done extra early this week. What are you talking about? Movie Fest. But the last episode, the, uh, one with Tyler's dad, it was done, like, extra early, like, I think mm-hmm. it loaded, like, early Monday morning or something. Maybe we didn't fuck up very much. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Less editing. No, it was great. I, I was just was like, oh, shit, that's out already. And then I just was like, I work, I've worked. I don't think it's any different than normal. I mean, I did have a very busy week with the court and stuff for friends. and. Oh, yeah, you had that this week. So, and someone was a crybaby about wanting it done. Oh, we do it on Monday. I don't think it was up on Monday. I think it was up on Tuesday. So, I'm sorry, Tyler. I didn't mean to call you a crybaby. I'm sorry. sorry. Was sorry. I being a crybaby? No. Who said you wanted it done on Monday? I didn't say that. Your boy's check the stats guy, Tyler Brown. Oh. 
He's like, I'd like to listen to it on Monday. And I'm like, ah. He wasn't up on Monday. Because I actually saw him on a Monday. Well, he's not the boss, so whatever. He's not the boss. He's only been it's on like two It's not a matter of being a boss. I'm just trying to be. Well, you don't have to appease him. <laughs> Man. <laughs> you people, I swear to God. No, I've you, never said What do anything. you mean, you people? You I've people. Nev- I've never once been like, this needs done this day. <laughs> Audience doesn't know what color I am. <laughs> it's not a matter of color. People in general. Nobody knows what gender I am. Don't go refer to me as you people. I mean, I know you're a box. It's whatever. I'm a box. Whoa. Yeah. No, like, you're getting sexual now? That's a square. Yeah. Box? Your yeah, box square. is my, a square? My connector's a square with three prongs. It's similar to, like, the droid NV2. <laughs> yeah, I know what that looks like. That was stupid. kind of looks like that. It wasn't up on Monday. It was up on Tuesday. I'm pretty sure. No way, homie. It was it was Monday morning, like at six a.m. I got a ding, and like and I was like, oh, oh crazy. Maybe it was. Uh, yeah. No, it was great. Like it's fine. Like I don't know. The, don't we're get not, used to it. Oh, that's fine. We're not. I was just like it. <laughs> it kind of caught me off guard, and then like because this week was a little like work wise different for me. Like I didn't get a chance to. Usually, I'm off Wednesday afternoons, and that's when I get a lot of that stuff done. And I just didn't like. I worked a double, so I kind of didn't have a chance. To get the uh, photo done and be like, hey guys, listen to this episode. Look at these pictures that I made. Sure. So that's why. And, I mean, there's no, there's no negativity, man. It's all positive. It's all positive vibes, bro. We got you some pepperoni and Canadian bacon pizza? Sure. I just guessed. I thought that was the one you usually get. No, it's good. But the thin crust? Sorry about the jalapenos on the other one, if you don't that's like fine. that. Just take them off. It's fine. You still taste it, which is good. I don't mind the taste. I just don't like the chewiness. I don't want to t- taste chewy and gross. It's a texture thing. And, oh, okay. and the heat, probably. Yeah, the heat's still in it when you're when it, when it's baked in there. It's you like, still taste it. Yeah, it's like it's like an eighth. Like it's only an eighth of the heat. Even better. Right. It's like it's it's a little bit when you take them off for sure. Oh, and Tyler, I was the only one took them off. I saw you take yours off. No, I didn't. I, was, I that's what I'm saying. I know I did. I ate a bunch of the scraps, the jalapeno scraps. Nice before you even got here. <laughs> I'm like, oh, there's like six right there. Oh. <laughs> let, me just, let me just eat those fallen soldiers, right? Good stuff. I took a drink of a fallen soldier. I thought it was Tyler's drink, and it wasn't. I'm like, nah, that's not mine, dude. I, th- I don't know when that's from. It was rough. It was disgusting. I saw it out there earlier, and I was like, this isn't mine. And yeah, I felt I it. I'm like, no. No idea where that came from and when it's from. Well, it's probably been there for a week. <laughs> Gross. Yeah, it was just flat seltzer. Even worse than normal. It's like a warm sprite. Still no gross. carbonation. Yeah, gross. But it was no. It's like a warm Lacroix because it was the the um, Corona one. So it was like it was even worse. Yeah, I don't know like, what that's like. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, like metal tasting, like. Oddly flavored water, uh, something like that. It's a gross. Yeah. Well, water, water in general is gross too, right? No, you don't like water, dude. That's not really true. I just don't drink a lot of normal water. But why not? I don't know. There's water in there. There is. It doesn't count. There's, there's ice in it. There's ice. I love ice. Do not. Do not. I love ice do so not. much. Don't <clears throat> on. What? That's right, it's true. There's water in Mountain Dew also. It's true as well. There's water in beer. There's water in seltzer. Huzzah. There's water in our bodies. There's water in everything, technically. Your body is like, is it 90% water? 
80? Something like that. I don't know. Maybe. It's, that's, that's science. Sure. <laughs> the more you, you know. Take a five minute piss and your body's still 80% water. <laughs> Stupid. It's true though. I'm not saying it's not. It's just. And the planet is even more than that, isn't it? Probably. That one's 90. More, most... Your body is 80. The planet is 90. I think it's the other way around. It's like, uh... well, because, well, salt water. Still water. Still water. Right. Hey, is that number still true if it's a flat earth? Sure. What if it's a hollow earth? Is it still true? That, so you've never explained the hollow earth. You haven't done enough research. So you I can't. thought it was just a hollow moon. No, hollow earth, same idea. In, I think, underneath. No, I think hollow. I think it's hollow moon theory and flat earth theory. I think there's. I think you're confusing the no, two. I think they're there's different. Both. There's both. There's hollow both. Moon, yeah, yeah. Hollow moons where the Nazis live. And still doing Nazi Dark side things. of the moon is where the Nazis live. Yeah, inside the hollow earth, inside the hollow moon. In the hollow earth, Nazis also live there too with, with the with the dinosaurs. Like, but that's like that's why there's a one journey part. to the center of the universe. Same idea, yeah, yeah. Just Nazis live there because that's they live it wherever they can. That's why there's that part above the uh, North Pole that, that there's no that's like a blacked out area on the Google Maps and Google Earth and stuff, so you don't see the hole to get in. Hmm. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. If you got the money to pay someone off, then sure. Yeah, see, that. here's the thing with that theory. Which one, the hollow earth or the moon? The hollow earth one. Okay. Is, is it was brought to everyone's attention in 1774. Yep. And we all know that in 1774, nothing was cool. <laughs> I don't even know what was anything in 17 anything. Ben Franklin was hanging out banging old ladies. True. Found the seventeen hundred weird sex cave. Yeah, seventeen seventy six is when like the United States became a country. Yeah, I don't know that. See, I, I'm not a history major though, so that's not that's that's, that's common knowledge, knowledge. No. about the beginning of America, not the Hollow Earth. That's weirdness. why nineteen. Yeah, I might have learned hey, that when I was in fourth grade. But that's why nineteen seventy six is that the, was like the bicentennial, two hundred years. Yeah, I, I probably learned that twenty some years ago. That's a good point. <laughs> like, no. It's not, not something I've thought saved, about in the last... Should be saving his data, but uh, it's not always accessible. No. So what you're saying is call a friend, don't call Tyler on if these I, particular if questions. I, if I was on hallucinogens, I might remember that. But otherwise, no way. I don't remember <laughs> any of that shit. I don't remember anything, even maybe from high school, how like as far as what I learned. How like many, how many ships does Christopher Columbus have when he came to America? Why was it hard to say that? He didn't come to America, by the way. He came Whatever. How many ships did he have? Um, initially, he had four. One of them sank. Then he had three. I was just going to say one, but that's me. You don't know the names of the three ships that made it? They weren't actually the Mayflower. Was that one? The Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria weren't actually the names of the ships. That's uh, so false. What was the Mayflower? So what was the real names? Um, they were like those ship names. I think were from different voyages. They were actually all ship names because he came multiple times and went back multiple times. But I think, um, not all ships had names like that. So. Yeah, it's weird. But you know, the reason that um, Colorado is the centennial state, which is like one yeah, century. I didn't know that either. One century is because in 1876 is when Colorado became a state. Okay. Why, though? Why then? What happened then? They declared it a, they made a, it a state. They made it a state. What was it before? 
Just a territory. It was all, it was all Utah. Land. No, it was a, the Colorado Territory. Just a territory. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. History kind of like, stuff. Kind of like it's kind of like Guam is now. It's a territory, the United States territory, or Puerto Rico. I mean, okay. I don't think it's really like history stuff. I think that's like that's like one hundred and one. That's like the the lowest, lowest of lowest. Uh, not for me. It's not. I'm gonna say it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's that's, not average. Like. You could probably keep going. You could probably keep talking about shit like this for two hours, and I'd be like, nope, I didn't know that. Okay. It's understandable. But, you know, I was X'd out as a kid. I was like, I know about sports and skateboarding, and that's all I care about. Sure. Movies, that was it. It's okay. None of us are going to land on one of those million-dollar guessing shows, so it's fine. I always murder the history stuff. Yeah, but you're not going to get on the show. I mean, yeah. I haven't I tried to get to. on the show. You can't tell me that I won't no, get on the show. Tell you won't. You're not going to. Why? You're, you're just not going to. Why? Why are you so negative against me? Well, what first, did I do first, to you? First, you have to try to get on the show, and you're not going to try to get on the show. Because you haven't tried yet. You guys remember that TV show with um that idiot Jeff Foxworthy who's like smarter than a fifth grader or sixth grader or whatever? <laughs> sure. I remember that I one. Remember being a TV and those show. kids were smarter than I was, so <laughs> I loved being like, You fucking cunts, what are you talking about? And then just yell at the TV. Well the thing is it's the same thing. It's all shit they learned in like the last year, and then you have these adults that haven't thought about that shit in fucking twenty, thirty, forty years. But it's a lot of it's like shit that like comes up repeatedly. None like of that you shit live comes. in the Centennial State. Like, what's the name of the state you li- like living? I didn't Colorado. know that. What's the na- what? It- mm-hmm. First time I've heard that. It's on the quarter, the Colorado quarter. I don't look at Who fucking coins. That? He's right. I have coin. The only reason I have coins in my car is so I can park downtown. Okay. Think I collect coins? Touche. I don't. Touche. And at this point, thank God we're doing a comedic director tonight because it is heated immediately. CBS was angry at us in the kitchen. It's not true. For some odd reason, he's yelling at me about something. (laughs) You were yelling. You were spitting. Not true. You spit on my cat. I mean, I would do the same thing. I've been trying to teach your cat the high five. Which one? Uh, The captain. Leroy doesn't care about high fiving anybody unless she wants to high five you. But the captain. I think he's learning. Is he? Maybe. We've done it a couple times. It doesn't mean anything because he usually wants like, food. So my favorite thing to do is like um, when he gets lovey with me, he like rubs his head on my head, and then I open my mouth and I put his whole head in my. I try to fit it, <laughs> and he goes. He for a minute he's like, he's like oh, and like shakes and gets all crazy. He's like, like, wait, I could die in here. <laughs> Maybe I should get out. <laughs> and it's funny because mostly it's times like the next morning after having drink drank pretty heavy the night before, and he's like. Oh, and he's just like, I can't get it off of me. Like, oh, don't worry. Your breath's going to be way worse than that in a couple years. It smells like my mama's kisses. So gross. So gross. We have a good one tonight, folks. Folks. A good one tonight. I've been excited for this. I love, I love me, this director. Everything that he does is fantastic. Um, It's hilarious. I will say this, and I'm going to say it. Not enough you motherfuckers have watched some of these movies. Like, people have lost their sense of fucking humor. But tonight, we are doing the infamous, amazing Mel Brooks. Who is 94 years old right now? 94 fucking years old. Wow. Still alive. Killing his, it. His picture on IMDb, like, when I got in there today, I was like, oh. 
I didn't know he was that old. Because in it, my head, I'm just picturing like and him what? in the 90s, and I'm like, oh shit, they have an updated picture on there. And He's one of his sons, old. one of his sons, you guys might know his name, Max Brooks. Him? Yeah. And he was on uh, Chris Hardwick's podcast, the ID10T, I don't know, about a year ago or whatever. And he was just like, how's your dad doing? He's like, oh, he's killing it. He calls me up, some says some swear words to me, tells me to bring him over some cocktails, and I go and see him, and he just, he's great. Hey, Max, fuck face. Where's my margaritas at? Bring them now. <laughs> That's what I picture. But I'm also, since his, his, since his best friend died, Carl Reiner couple months back that we talked about. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've been thinking about wanting to do some, some Mel Brooks. So, because they were, like, super close. Both their wives died before them, and they would just get together every night, have drinks, and watch movies. Yep. Like, every True night. story. Which, someday, if any of us get wives, I hope all of our wives die before we do, so we can <laughs> so we can get together and watch movies and have drinks. I'll agree with that. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'll, I'll agree. They don't even have to be wives. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the only thing that I don't I love want- you, Tori. But if you die tomorrow, you know. Good thing she doesn't listen. I'll to get this. over it in like a year. Good thing she doesn't Maybe listen less. to this. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. Good thing. Um, the only thing that I don't want to die before, honestly, though, is my pets. Like that's because I. I mean. I trust the fuck out of you guys, but, like, none of them can go to the pound. They have to, like, go to, like, my, either my parents' house or one of the two of your guys' house. Oh, they wouldn't. They, wouldn't, they, they never know. We got it, bro. It's fine. That's as long as I have your guys' word. Yeah. Blood oath! I mean, I'm not going to cut anything. We're all yeah. cutting each other later and touching hands. That's not happening. Why? Because it's gross. COVID, dude. It's just real. <laughs> no. What about it? What about? Do you ask? Right what, if, what if we just start? <laughs> just make out instead. That's easier. What if we just start a no fire? Blood. What if we just start a fire, then cut our hands and drip all all of our blood into the same fire? Still a mess. No. Come on, man. <laughs> I mean, no. I'm more okay with that. What if we just poke our fingers then? I mean, I do that all the time, so I guess that's fine. Yeah, we poke our you fingers know, in the guitar string. Yeah, I don't think you understand how hard it is to drip blood out of your fingers. It's really not easy. Well, I mean, uh, maybe if you do it I a lot. See this right there? No. The base guitar right there? Often? We could do it with those strings, I bet, right now. Right? It's not the same. I mean, probably. I have a machine that does that. So. Yeah, he has a machine. But see, yeah. the earlier today, see that little cut right there? So, weirdly, thank God I had a fucking glass screen protector I fucking got out of my car and my phone just flew out of my hand because I had some sort of like ridiculous one of those things and it like landed face down and shattered my screen protectors. And thank God I had that on there, but I have the double screen protector. I have that stuff that there's like this new thing that they paint on and like oh, yeah. hardens the glass even more or whatever. So it's too. Anyway, so I just took the screen protector off because it like had some pretty big cracks in it and I was like, fuck this. And I, I was in the, in the store. So I was like, why do I do with this? And so I just put it in my pocket. But then when I got back to my car, I took it out of my pocket, and like when I put my hand in my pocket to get it, it like stabbed me right in the hand. And I was like, ah! And then just blood went everywhere. But I've always been ha- I've always been a bleeder, so there is that. Hmm. Yeah, thin blood. Do you bleed? You made me bleed my own blood. You will. Nobody makes <laughs> me bleed my own blood. Nobody. <laughs> Michelle. So bad. <laughs> Dodgeball. Yeah. I mean, there was two different movies at the beginning and then it turned into one movie, so it's good. It's true. Is that a good week, CBS? I don't know what that means, really. 
Did you have a good week so far? Which word am I supposed to understand that you're saying to me? Week? Sure. Well. <laughs> how's the store? I think he's saying he had gone? a week. How's the store gone so far this week? I mean, it's still there. Is, is the COVID thing, like, chilled out for you, or? What do you mean? Well, I mean, are people coming to get their books again kind of thing, or is it still kind of like you have to walk out to the parking lot and hand them to them? Oh, no, yeah, the, the people come to the door. That the whole parking lot thing never really works so great. We had a few people do it, which is fine, and I'm happy to do whatever to make people feel better about life. But the majority of people felt like it was a drug deal, and they're like, this is weird. So they would just come upstairs anyway. Those are people that have never bought drugs in their life. Yeah, so I'm happy to have them come to my store. Good times. Like now that you're up here, do you want any drugs or? <laughs> no, 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 I got works. some perks. I got some Molly. Like, what's up? I mean, I guess we could still. I mean, as far as the thing, if someone wanted to call and do it, it's not. It's not. It's not the kind of idea that works good for the type of store that it is. I mean, it's one thing for like a restaurant or something because you have a menu and these are the items on the menu. It's not like you come in to order like a ka and. There's like eight versions of the KA, or there's KA 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Whoever makes it, makes it, and that's what it is. So it's not the same thing. I'd say that makes it even more safe. For yeah. food? Yeah. No. no, like for you. For you. No. Because if someone comes in, I need... Because it's that specific. For... Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's not a thousand different kinds of drugs they could walk through a door and buy. You know, like, if, I would be more suspicious of someone trying to get sushi that's like, I need a KA and a fucking poison ivy, and it's like, what is that? That could be drugs. To me. I don't know. Oh, you mean, like, menu-wise? Yeah. I, I, I don't totally understand where we're... So what I'm saying is, like, someone's like, I need Spider-Man issue fucking seven, whatever, whatever. It's like, that's not... There's not that many drugs out there right now you can sell. That are, could be Spider-Man number seven. It's too specific, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I, the the cross-pattern, I guess. The but movie. I get that people probably coming in to buy comic books don't buy drugs very often. So I'm going to say it depends on the person, probably. It's not, you know, different structure. I'm sure products. they're there. <laughs> but mean, the problem would be the a column. fun night to hang out with anyone that would do that. But, you know. They had a weird gambling den that was across the parking lot from you go away. I think they just relocated. Why well, so it went away? It's not oh, that weird, like there. that weird, the weird, like gambling den. It sounded like a Chinese restaurant, it but did. it wasn't. But it was a gambling den. One hundred percent. No, I noticed. I noticed that's been gone a couple months or more. Yeah. Yes, I drove yeah. by the other day, and like, and I was like, I was like, oh, that's gone. Yeah. Like one day they were there, and lights flashing all night long in the windows. Well, some Persians. Well, sometimes I can't sleep, and I'm like, I have things in my brain, so then I go to work at like three in the morning, right? And then I'm like. It gets to like seven in the morning. I'm like, I need a coffee, so I would just I go to the city market, to right. the Starbucks, and I'm just like, oh, I also need to get some things. And then I go there, and it's like, oh, that place isn't there. Yeah, I mean, it's the times like that. Yeah, I'm not, I don't totally know when they left, but yeah, they're they're gone now. I think they just relocated another building. I don't know if that's true though. What was it called? Uh, Dragon. Dragon something. Jade Dragon. No. No. Dragon. Oh, gosh. Legend of if the Jade Dragon. If you didn't say that nonsense, I might have been able to remember it. Legend of the Opal Dragon. It's too many, le- too many words. Legends of the Ruby. It's two words. It's Sapphire. Two words. Two words. Dragon's probably one of them. Dragon is one of them. Ruby Dragon. 
No. Golden Dragon. Opal Dragon. Dragon was first. I think. Golden, Green, golden I think Dragon? Green, Green Dragon. No. Golden Dragon. It was green. It was something green. No. Emerald Dragon. No. Yeah, that's what it was for sure. I don't think that's right. I'll try to remember it. There's too many in my head now. I don't. Forest Green Dragon. That's too many words. Huh. <laughs> Thunder Dragon. That's what it was called. It was a thunder, thunder dragon. dragon. There's no green at all. I think thunder it was 100% dragon. green. No, it wasn't. Thunder Dragon's right. 100%. Final answer. Thunder Dragon. Yeah. I don't remember that. I That's think exactly it was, what it was I called. I think it was the green thunder there dragon. There had to be some shysty no. shit going on there. 100%. They had something weird spray painted on the back wall. Because you can see through the door after they took all their weird nonsense down. Yeah, weird. They take all the nonsense down, so you can see through the front door now. They're the probably selling fucking windows are drugs and prostitutes out of the back door. They would have a back door. All those buildings on that side do. It's that weird thing that, like, somehow there's some loophole in Colorado about, like, uh... They're games of chance. You're playing games of chance for winning prizes and gift cards. For gift cards. Yeah. It's, like, fucking weird. Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah, it's fucking bizarre. It's a thing. But since everything can be bought on Amazon, they're like, oh, here's an Amazon gift card. You're like, all right. What can't I get on Amazon besides drugs? Well, it depends what kind of drug it is. But weirdly, on Wayfair, I think you can buy, like, underage children. <laughs> no, that's a thing. Yeah, just, what? like, in the middle of a, uh, you know, box of a table you bought, for sure. Yeah. No, it's just, like... It's for just, like, folded up in there. For $19,000, this coffee table named Annette. And I'm like, wait, what the fuck? It's like, it's a 13-year-old... An- Coffee, gray coffee table, white coffee table, name Annette. And you're like, why does the coffee table have a name? It's also athletic. It's, it's, it's hmm. there's like a whole thing. Dig into that conspiracy theory. Um, like that they're shipping, I, they're sharp, that Wayfair is shipping. I mean, Wayfair does overcharge. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. Uh, we do know that Bill Clinton was part of the Epstein uh, sex island, so. Pedo, Someone else too. Pedo Island. Oh, all sorts. There's somebody posted a bunch of pictures this week, like twenty pictures of fucking Donald Trump hanging out with that lady that got arrested, who hasn't been suicided yet. It's not that it was Epstein. It was Epstein's right oh, hand. Yeah, it was like last week, huh? It was Epstein's right hand. See that meme? Right hand man, basically. A year ago, Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> <laughs> and the car freshener one. Did you guys see that? Yeah. I didn't understand what it was, oh. I guess. Oh, jeez. I guess I don't it's a, it it's a, like. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to show you. It's too good. I remember seeing the, a guy that was a car freshener, but I didn't know what it meant. Either because, yeah, I just didn't know what it meant. Hey, is that the same executioner from a cowboy movie? Yep. Yeah, that's a picture I saw. Is that what that guy looks like? Uh-huh. That's Epstein. Oh, okay. It says... This didn't. air freshener didn't hang itself. Right. Because it's not hanging on a car window. Yeah. Makes sense now. It's great. I didn't know what that guy looked like, so... There's that. Oh, this was a good one, too. I've been contributing. Yeah, see... I thought you'd like I, that one. I did, I did. See, you, you posted that in our little our Insta, Insta group. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, I feel the same way. But here's the deal. There was a week... See, the... 2020 hasn't been as bad as 2019 for me, but there's been a few weeks this year that have been pretty shitty, and one of the two weeks that were extra shitty for me this year, um, some personal shit went down that I was just like, 
fuck you, fuck you, fuck this, fuck that. And then I came home and my Christmas village, I think Captain jumped up and tried to climb it. And they were stacked perfectly with like, there was no reason they should have fallen over. And I think he probably tried to get up there is the only thing that could have happened. And two of my favorite pieces of my Christmas village fell. One of them got destroyed. There's no fixing it whatsoever. So I had to throw it away. One of my churches. The other one, I think I might be able to glue some of it back together. I haven't opened it. And then the one of the other bonds that fell, I don't know if anything broke in it. It didn't sound like it did, but I didn't, again, I didn't want to open it because I was like, yeah. fuck you. And you talking about your you. village? Yeah. yeah three did you ruin bo- your village? No, three boxes fell and sh- like one of them shattered. Oh, like God. My, fav- my favorite church fell and shattered. Those things are expensive. Uh, yeah, well, it's not that they're expensive. Just like the, the, the ones that fell and broke weren't that expensive. It was just, it, it, they, you know, they're like, 15 bucks or whatever, but it was just like, oh. it's just the fact that it was just, they're two of the three of them were like my favorite pieces. Right. They're like two of my favorite churches. They're really cool. So it was just like, it just really fucking sucked. And so it's like, it kind of, for a minute, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to give all these to my mom and, and my sister and I'll let them, because my mom and sister both do Christmas villages now because of me. And I was just like, I'm just going to give all my Christmas village shit to my family. Fuck Christmas. I'm going to fucking set my tree on fire. And I'm I'm over it. I'm fucking over it. And I was like mad for a minute. And the person that like made me feel that way for a minute was just like, well, you could probably find out. I was like, you don't fucking know. Don't fucking tell me. Made me so fucking mad. I was like, don't, you don't know anything about Christmas villages. It's seasonal. You can't get the same piece the next year. It doesn't exist. Fucking people, man. God, people are shitty, right? Sure. Right. People can be extra shitty. I have a bit of good news. Okay. Let's, let's take Maybe it up. I can't say this. In the event that my dad listens, maybe he won't. He won't. He might. <laughs> what? Well, how about if... He won't. He won't. He's not going to. He's only listened to half of the episode he was on already at this point, so I think I think it's okay. But who's that? Nunja? Huh? None none my business? Yeah. Oh, get the fuck out of t- here. I'll tell you off mic. Okay. No, but my three stepsisters all just like surprisingly planned a trip out here in two weeks. It's like my dad and stepmom's birthday in the same weekend. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And they're all like, they're my stepsisters, all three of them, but they're all coming at the same time. Just them. They all have kids. None of the kids are coming. It's like just them. Like four days. My dad and stepmom have no idea. That's hilarious. That's cool. That's awesome. And I'm like, I'm going to pick them up from the airport. Love it. And the world needs more positivity. Love it. They have no fucking yes. clue. Love it. Especially your dad. He deserves positivity. He's a great guy. For sure. It's not a mean bone in that man's body. True. That's cool. He did call us gay one time because like, well, we like Rick Springfield. But other than that, he's... That's not that's- mean. <laughs> that might have been true. <laughs> uh... I mean, I'm sure if I had a kid at some point, I'd be like, that's gay. Don't do that. Unless you are gay, and that's what, fine. What, listen to Rick Springfield? Hey, you know, it could be something similar. I don't know. No way, man. Because, like, 
I think, I mean, Rick's, like, Senorita, that's a great song. At the song. end of the day, at the no. end of the day, my dad still did have that record. So, it's on him. <laughs> right? I, th- I thought he got him from a friend. That's what he said. Does Who is that? Does it matter where he got it? <laughs> so let's do some. Did you get? Did you do news? Negative. I thought I said do news and I'll do Mel Brooks. Oh, I was doing all the. There are. There is some good news. We'll look it up now. That's okay. cool. We'll get on screen rent. It's probably like two things anyway. I saw somebody get in a car accident today, but just like somebody wasn't paying attention. And it was like somebody kind of moved forward a little bit to like try to get. They were both in the turn lane, and somebody moved forward a little bit just to get a little bit closer. And the person behind them saw them moving, and they're just like gunned it and just went boom. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and I was on the phone with my dad at the time. He's like, maybe they're going to need you as a witness. And I'm like, we're in moving traffic. Like, I'm not going to like go like, pull. Nah, I'm out. Yeah. Pull around. Boop. <laughs> I mean, I was just like, oh my gosh. So there are some cool things, actually. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> That's a, kind of a good one, considering we just did Tom Cruise. Fucking Tom Cruise. <laughs> so Tom Cruise told his mummy co-star that no one's allowed to run with him on screen. <laughs> Forget about it. It's me alone. Annabelle Wallace, who starred with Tom Cruise in 2017, disappointing, disgustingly horrible, fucking terrible movie, The Mummy. It only said disappointing. Just has so said Cruise initially refused <laughs> to run with her on screen. <laughs> that movie fucking sucks. I hope that space movie like was really good. Oh, and this is this is like at this table news. Are you right? This is good news for all of us. I told Tyler the other day. Um, supposedly, like there's a big article that I read that it wasn't on social media. It was just like on something else I was on and like it was like the top 15 people who've left Scientology and Jason Lee was in the top 5 thank god that's cool huh hopefully they don't take his kids and suicide him but that's cool yeah if if they try to fuck with pilot inspector inspector pilot I think it's pilot inspector dude check your facts on that one Hmm. either way either way I'm on Jay Lee's side on that one. But here's the deal. I think I remember when it happened. I don't think that everybody knew that it had happened, but I, I remember reading an interview with him in like alt press or spin or something like that. And he was just like, I fucking, I hate worldly possessions. This shit's stupid. Like I, I owned a lot of fancy shit and I was like, I was done with it. So he's like, me and my wife downsized. Um, we get rid of all of our fucking ridiculous nonsense. We bought a fucking flat and just like the, I didn't have 15 TVs anymore. I just need one TV to watch TV on when I'm there. And he's like, I just wanted to focus on being creative and being, being who I, what made me love this industry to begin with. And I think I, I remember reading that article and I wonder if that's what had happened because they didn't give a date or anything. Hmm. And then they, could happened years ago. They moved to Texas when it happened. I think that I remember reading that he had moved to Texas, but then like when I started following Instagram, like he's done a lot of photo projects and like there are a lot of them are based in Texas. So I think that that's where, I think that's why. But anyway, I think that's awesome. Thank fucking God, because Scientology is fucking, fucking stupid. And they like to sue people. That'd be awesome if they tried to sue us. 
No, it wouldn't. Yes, it would. No. Because we have nothing. Think about the publicity. <laughs> Think about the publicity. You're both crazy. Nah, fucking sue us, Scientology, you motherfuckers. I really hope I don't lose my savings account at this point, because it's not bad like it for, only, at this point in my life. What are they going to sue? But if they do, we have to quit and doing. we're fucking famous, I mean... We could I be like, know. I'd be okay with look that. Look at Leah Romini right now. She's gotten more. The, the only time she's been more famous is when Who? she was on Saved by the Bell. Who is that? Leah Romini. Nah, Kings and Queens, dude. She's she more famous. Saved by the Bell. Go Saved by the Bell. Her Scientology shit. Then she King was on Queens. like fucking four episodes or something. They were really? brilliant though. She was Zach's biggest love interest besides Kelly Kapowski. Is that true? Huh? Are you sure? His, it was his biggest love interest besides Kelly Kapowski. She wore a leather jacket, though. No, she didn't. That was Tori. Wrong mm. person. Lee Romini played. Oh, she played okay, Stacy okay, Kuroshi. Okay, okay. It, was, it was all the summer episodes. Still, the, that was like four or five episodes. I think there's six or seven, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't. Still, I don't know who you're talking about. I know now for sure. You do on the beach, volleyball, all that shit. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, that's not a. Okay. You might See, be right. It's weird. I'll agree with you now. CBS like old-timey shit, like Batman 66, but he refuses to admit that he like, knows anything about Saved by the Bell. I'm not knowing anything about it. I just don't know nonsense about it. You know, Saved by the Bell is going to come up again because they here in a little bit. Because oh, it's, it's, it constantly does, yeah. No. No, because the new Because it actually kind of ties in. I with, made him watch the new trailer last night. He's pretending that he doesn't know what he's... Again, he's pretending that he doesn't know otherwise. What trailer? I made you watch the new trailer to Save by the Bell last no, night. No, you didn't. On the couch. No, you didn't. I was like, look at the new trailer for Save by the Bell, new you reboot. said that. 100%. The only thing we watched last night was I Mel Brooks. I have seen that. On my phone. I was like, no. hey, look, it's the Save by the Bell reboot trailer. The second trailer. Real? That never happened. And you're like, ugh. No, that never happened. It 100% happened. No, it didn't. I guarantee you it didn't. I guarantee that it did. No. I know that it you did. You may have watched it yourself and enjoyed it yourself. No, I, 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 I'd say you guys you, should measure dicks, but I know who's going to win, so it doesn't matter. <sighs> Captain. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. A cat whole body. It's crazy. <laughs> so Jamie Foxx's spawn? I mean, that's old news, but maybe... We haven't said it on this episode, on this sh- on the show, or no, on the on ever? the or no, or on any other thing. Apparently, no, that's, that's like not, a thing six hours ago. News. As of six hours ago, that's not. No, that's not new. That's no. There's pictures that came out of Topic Four on shaking Jamie Foxx's hand like last year. We, what does that mean? We, be, we have never talked about spawn. this. That's not. That's not new. We've never talked about it ever on mm-hmm. any episode of any show. No one cares about Spawn. You do? I mean, kind of, yeah. That's not new, though. If they're saying it's new, that's weird. I mean, maybe they're back on, because he basically took a break from promoting Spawn the movie to do Spawn issue 300. Spawn issue 300 became a kind of big deal, comic book-wise, but all the talk of the Spawn movie stopped whenever that happened. And then now we're at, like, 307 or 8 or something. 308 should be the new one. No, three. Maybe 309? I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Anyway, then he did all that stuff with his action figure, the Kickstarter for the Spawn action figure. So if he's back to doing the movie, cool. But that's not new. Well, Ben Affleck. McFarlane's supposed to direct it? He's one to direct it also, yeah. That's part of why people shied away the, the last time. That's going to be fucking garbage. Holy fuck. I, don't know. I guess we'll see. 
Ben Affleck set to return as Shannon Hamilton. Thank God. Shannon Hamilton. Don't get loose on me, girl. <laughs> oh, God. In what? More rats, too. Yeah, there you go. We'll see if that happens. <laughs> Why not? What else does that guy got to do, right? I mean, he could just keep being awesome and direct movies instead of acting them. But yeah, that's just me. That'd be right. What Shia LaBeouf would look like as Wolverine in the MCU? That's not terrible. No, actually, the rumor is that he was signed on to be Bobby Drake slash Iceman of the X Men. Oh, yeah, you were saying that, and then. Um, whoever got the news of that did some fan photos on Photoshop of him as Wolverine. CBS and me talked about this last night in the Top 5 Comics podcast. And the thing is, the cool thing about Shia LaBeouf being Wolverine is that he's shorter than Hugh Jackman, which Wolverine is a very short character. Um, he doesn't give a fuck about absolutely anything. He's hairy as fuck. All those things Shia LaBeouf can do. That's so true. if we were going to do a Wolverine, he would be really, really, really good as it. Good at it. Good as at good as it and at it both. Um and I think that if that became a thing, holy shit, that'd be pretty fucking fantastic. I like him better than than I than, than him. I mean, I, I like Iceman as a character. He, but, he seems like a weird fit for Iceman. Yeah, he seems like a very weird fit. Because, I mean, in the comics, if it, nobody knows, like, oh, that's a big deal or anything, but Iceman's very flamboyant and gay. Well, he is now. That's in the last four years. Not years. that there's anything wrong with that. No. No. But. <laughs> anyway, I, th- I see him as being, like, a Wolverine character way more. To me. Anyway. The buff, yeah, yeah. Well, dude does drama really well, and he can do intense... I mean, you see that in Fury, you see that in uh, that Rearview Window remake, uh, Disturbia. It's just a matter of whether Duke can put on muscle, and even then, like, I don't know, put him in a muscle suit, it'll be fine. Oh, he can. Oh, he can, 100%. So. He started like a, I don't want to call it technically, but. I think Tom Hardy could be the Wolverine. He started too. like a yeah. fucking a gym in Brooklyn or Harlem or some shit. What? Like, really? for kids. That had no other means of like working out or anything, yeah, and doesn't charge anything and like helps him work out and shit. Crazy. This is in like the last couple years. He talked about it a little bit on his Hot Ones episode, hmm. and it's like he he just did it to help people and build a community of kids that wanted to, you know, either get healthier, bulk up, or whatever the case is, without having any money. That's cool. So dang. I think he he can do it, and I watched Tax Collector last night, and I don't really want to talk about it until we do David Ayer, which probably will be sooner than later. But but, but also like he was pretty he, bulky he, for that. Hugh I mean, Jackman never did a. I mean, he got he got he got fit, but he was never bulky. And like comic book Wolverine is like bulky. I know he's wide. So I think that like if anything, Shia LaBeouf I think would be a Really good Wolverine. Like, they need... Somebody in the MCU needs to take a look at that shit. That's a weird casting. You think it's weird? 
for him to play Bobby Drake versus Wolverine if it's an option. Yeah, that, Tom, is, that is Tom weird. Tom Hardy would be a much better Wolverine in general, but Tom Hardy also has links to Venom, and as far as the thing, even though that's not technically Marvel Universe, they're close enough right now that it'd be weird. But I think Shia LaBeouf being Wolverine could be really awesome. Sure, well, like, this thing about him in that Do It video, did you see his, his hair was just crazy. So right. you think that dude couldn't grow the chops for Wolverine? Right. Nah, it'd be easy. Jackman used the wig at least once. And just like his insanity, like he does these levels of insanity that oh, Wolverine yeah. has, the Berserker rage, like, I mean... Well, Shia LaBeouf's crazy. Hugh so. Jackman is never, to me, like, could get crazy enough to be Berserker style. I don't know. There's a few scenes where it looked all right. Between the two of them, though, people-wise... That's a totally different version of Berserker. <laughs> in that case, you know, uh, both... Yeah, in that case, style of both parents. <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. We were standing outside a gas station singing to yourself. Yep. <laughs> it's exactly where he belongs. Because he's weird. You know what I mean? Berserker. I could kind of see it, though. I could see that one a lot. We talked about it last night. Um... Which, if you want to get like some in deep, like CBS moment, like some real in in deep conversation about like X Men coming to the MCU, um, listen to the newest episode of the Never Been Up or the Top Five Comics podcast. Yeah, which, which would be episode what? Two uh, one forty two. One one forty two or one twenty four? No, one forty. Oh yeah, it's one forty two. One forty two. Um, because we like, but like I, I think that the X Men's most successful lead into the MCU is going to be through Deadpool. Because Deadpool is so fucking good and so successful. The only problem is it's rating for Happy Marvel, Happy Disney. I know, but if that's going to be... What would be wrong with making that the darker darker side of the MCU? Which, I mean, which the X-Men kind of initially were. It's all matter of branding, man. I think, it, I think, it's, I think it's money. Yeah. I think it's money. Ninety-eight percent money. Oh, hundred percent. No, hundred percent. Like, oh, what about all the younger kids that yeah, can't go? It's exactly. like you think any of these fucking parents aren't going to take their kids to see that shit? They will. They literally. They will. <laughs> it became they the most will. successful rated R film of all fucking time, and they had to be like, "Hey, don't bring your kids to this because there's going to be fucking violence and swear words. It's horrible. It's rated R, and people still fucking did it, and still people still got mad and still took their kids out. That's true. Because people. Are fucking stupid. You know how many fucked up movies I made my dad take me to when I was like 12, 13 years old? Like, (laughs) a lot. And he did it because he knew, like, I'm going to do this for you, but it doesn't mean you can act out. I'm like, okay, fine. So here's a down down note. Stephanie Meyer has two more Twilight books planned. That fucking sucks for for the planet. (laughs) 2020 keeps getting worse. Who fucking cares? Yeah, someone assassinated her already. Jesus. Too dark? No. Okay. (laughs) Both of you guys are like, no. (laughs) uh, Yeah. All right, cool. Um, I mean, yeah, but there's like a, every Phantom has its place, so I guess like. But there is a cool new Star Wars holiday special coming out on Disney Plus, but it's in Lego. But Poe Dameron has a Christmas sweater on, so... It'll probably be better than the last one, so that's cool. It can only get better than the last one. Yeah, how can you get worse than that? You really can't. You really can't. I did put a couple new uh, documentaries, like Star Wars documentaries on my Plex, though. Cool. One is specifically about Galaxy's Edge, which I watched, which 
I thought was awesome. I, I didn't know there was a doc about it, but I'm like, fuck yeah, that looks rad. Now I want to go there even more. And you went there, right? Si, senor. Yeah. I want to go there so bad. Looks rad. And the cool. other is about the original trilogy. Oh, cool. It's called like Empire State of Dreams or something. Like, I don't know. Huh. It, it's, it, it's. Do you ever find those 4K things I was asking about? Uh-uh. It's mm. unfortunate. But, I think yeah. you have to download them a special way. I don't think they're in the normal stream of things, but. It's probably not in my normal pirating websites, but. Well, this is something you don't, you don't, you're not really buying regardless. Like they're, I'll have to find that website and try to send you a link to it. Yeah. I can't. If, if you can even find me a website that has like, like they have streamed the video on their own website, I can probably figure out a way to get it off. But hmm. yeah, I don't know enough about that part. Well, yeah, I'll have to try to figure out where, where I, I think I sent you a text message. So I probably have a copy of that text message that might help. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. That's all the news I have. Oh, that's it. That's it. Okay, so um, I have one last thing before we go into the news because this news leads. Before tr- you in the news? Is before, that before we end it? Before we whatever you know what I mean? God damn shits and fucks. Um, so yeah, I'm glad I'm glad that you took the best pen from me. No yeah, more no more hash pen for Josh. Ugh. We're done. Um, so the last bit of news, Blazing Saddles is now streaming a disclaimer on HBO Max, but it is on HBO Max. It's like, hey, this might have some racial things in it that might hurt your feelings. Oh, my dad sent me that. It's like three minutes long before you watch the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So stupid. And I was like, have you seen this? I'm like, no. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> it's, I guess. And, the, and of all the movies. They're just trying to cover their ass. I get I it. I guess. But. But you know what? Like. Mel Brooks was like raised. He calls it like Dick, Dickinson esque. Like his parents like were Eastern European Jews that like came to America from horrible, horrible fucking situations. So if anybody understands that shit, like most of the time, all the jokes about Nazis and when he makes fun of Nazis because he's like, I don't ever want Nazis to ever become. They're like, why do you make fun of Nazis so much? He's like. Because I don't ever want it to be cool to be a Nazi ever again. I want people to be like, why are you so fucking dumb? Nazis are fucking dumb. And that's his whole point. He's like, he never makes fun of the Holocaust. And he never makes fun of any of that stuff. But he just, he makes fun of Nazis specifically. And it's just like, we'll get into it with the producers and things like that. But like, it's, he's trying to prove a point. He's a fucking like, super old school, like Jewish man who just like, you know, like, had a really rough upbringing, and he just wants to, like, be like, hey, Nazis were fucking horrible pieces of shit. And it's, like, pretty neat that he makes fun of it. So. Well, most of his, I didn't, there was, like, a whole article about this, but most of his movies stemmed from his hatred of just racism. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like. And not even racism, though. You know, but if homeless, you watch one of his movies and you think it's racist, you're just taking it the wrong way. Any prejudice at all. even yeah, if, Like, he just wants... He hated racism so much that he used it like, as even, fuel to make... But, he, but even Life Stinks is like, he he delves into the whole, like, homelessness population in, like, California. Like, yeah. he, just, he just hates 
bigotry and negativeness and like people, like people not caring about other people. Like he just, he hates it. And he's, he's a brilliant human being and he doesn't get the recognition that he deserves. So true. Yeah. So shall we? Yeah. Melvin Kaminsky, also known as Mel Brooks. He took his screen name from his mother's, um, maiden name, which was Brookson. And he was born June 20th, 1926 in Brooklyn, New York. Um, he served in World War II as a combat engineer. Um, he got to start as a comic and a writer on, um, on a show alongside Woody Allen and Neil Simon. Um, who's Neil Simon? Obviously, we know Woody Allen, but uh, he's in a. Uh, I know the name and some things that he's done, but like, let me, look, I'll tell you real quick. But the right when he was writing on that show, he Neil Simon is an American playwright. Uh, the, he wrote the Odd Couple, which I'll get to the Odd Couple in a second. See, he looks familiar. Biloxi Blues. Which I mean, um, okay. Rumors, like he's done, he's gone quite a bit of shit. But anyway, speaking, I'll just deal with it right now. Um, the Odd Couple. So when he separated from his first wife Florence, he and his friend Irving Vogel got apartment together. He moved in. They moved in together, and their time together was the inspiration for the Neil Simons, the Odd Couple. I can see it. Sure. Um, his best friend Kyle Reiner and him wrote a comedy album called The 2000 Year Old Man. And when they first wrote it, they're like, this is, people are going to fucking hate this. And it's about basically a Jewish merchant who knew Jesus. And like, they're like, oh, like, yeah, I know Jesus. Yeah, he came into my shop. They came in to get out of the heat. Yeah, him and his 12 friends. Yeah, they're like, they're like, no, oh, they're like a basketball team or something. You know, they're like a baseball team. I don't know what they're all about. Why they come into my? Why not, I don't know why they came into my shop. They didn't buy anything. Oh, they all came in smelling like fish and stuff. I don't understand it. And then like, um, Reiner took it to England. He took some scripts, or they gave a they gave it to a friend and they took it to England or something like that. And somehow the Queen got a hold of one and it's like, hey, by the way, she loves it. And Mel Brooks was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like the Queen loves it. And he's like, the Queen read. That and he's like, yeah, that's crazy. And and they're like, okay, this is gonna be a fucking hit. And then they actually, I think he went on to win. Well, he was nominated for a Grammy for the stand the, the stand up comedy record, um, huh. the two thousand year old man. And it was like an ongoing joke forever. So, um, he along with Buck Henry um, wrote for from nineteen sixty five to nineteen seventy the hit show Get Smart. Oh, yeah. Okay. And uh, he's one of only 16 people to have the EGOT, which is the winner of an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. His Oscar, 1969, Best Writing for the Producers. Okay. Um, his Emmy, he has four wins, three times for Outstanding Guest Actor on Mad About You from 97 to 99, and one win for Writing on... The Sid Caesar Show, which is uh, the show where you got to start with Woody Allen and all those people. That's like, I can't read my own writing, but Sid Caesar, that's... The name of the so, show? Okay. 
I need to start typing my notes. Um, cause I can't even read my own writing. He does have one win for writing, or one, his Grammy for best long form music video from the producers, um, a musical romp with Mel Brooks is what the song is called. Oh. And 1982 best spoken word album, History of the World Part One, along with, he, he had a Tony in the 2001 for the producers. Crazy. His wife told him, hey, you need to let them turn the producers into a um, Broadway play. He did let that happen because it was initially a movie. It's like Broderick was in it, right? And, um, yeah, yeah but, then they, but then they did, a fil- they did another, a f- an actual film about it again, too. Like, uh, both Broderick was in the film. That's what I, I think seen, Broderick I think. was in the initial part of the He was in the play, play, in the well play before yeah. the movie. Yeah, he was. So, like, I'd, I haven't I mean, seen the play, so. But I'd, I had a girlfriend way back in the day. CBS knows her. She was kind of a very cantankerous cunt. She was a terrible human being. I thought you were going to say sexy. No. Damn it. <laughs> um, her name was Sally. Remember Sally? Yeah. And so, like, the, the producers came to the theater, and I was like, you want to go see the producers? She's like, yeah, 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 I love that play. I was like, yeah, like, it's it's fantastic. I can't believe, like, you know, Brooks finally, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, what are you talking about? And I was like, and she was just like, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Broadway play. I was like, um, actually, it's based off a movie. And she's like, no, 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 no. It's based off a play. I was like, no, it's not. And it was like an argument. And she was just, to this day, I'm just like, wow, what the fuck was I ha- doing? Like, you're a, she was a horrible human being. Anyway, there's only 16, there's only 16 people who have done that. I don't, I don't think I need, really need to na- list off some of them, but Catherine Hepburn's one. Um, John Legend is one. But only 16 people ever have won the EGOT, which is all four of those, the awards. Pretty big fucking deal. So, pretty cool. Um, that's all I have from his, his early life. What you got? What didn't you say? Yeah, you got most of it. Um... Yeah, so, even though Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein are cited as his best and most popular films as a director... His biggest video sales, video, VHS days, are Spaceballs and Robin Hood Men in Tights. But if you look at the box office, all his, we'll get further into it, but his 70s box office numbers are fucking insane. Insane. When I initially found it, I couldn't re-find it, but... They were, the initial article that I found, which I, c- I can't refine, but then that's what had Tyler and me started having the conversation about it, is that he's the most successful 1970s movie director. And we were like, that's weird. But like, we did like, as far as in- inflation goes, just one film, just throw one film out there. Okay. Blazing Saddles. All right. No, the one, the one we took down. Was Young Frankenstein, yeah. which okay, Young Frankenstein, which we'll, same, we'll same come year. back to this, but just as an example, Young Frankenstein, nineteen seventy four, same year as Blazing Saddles. Okay, budget of two point eight million dollars, which at the time, just so you know, one million dollars to, to to like the inflation value, one million dollars then is five point 
5.6 million dollars? Yeah, something like that. To today's money. That's crazy. Okay. Okay. All right. So everything's worldwide gross, eighty-six million. But right now, if that were to happen right now, that would have been four hundred seventy-eight million worldwide gross. Jeez. For a comedy on a five million dollar budget. Yeah, that's crazy. Jesus. I think it would have been closer to eleven, twelve million dollar budget, but still. Well, regardless, either way. Yeah. Fucking crazy, right? There's mm. some like all his seventies movies made like a so, lot so what, of money. What did we say it was four hundred and what? Four seventy eight. Four seventy eight. That's insane. It's crazy. Four hundred seventy million dollars. There's not a comedy you could make right now that would make that much in the That's box. That's one of his two films the same year. Hmm. That's crazy. And both of them were, made that much. Were massive hits. <laughs> That's really crazy. on almost the same exact budget, huh? I'll be damned. There's not a comedy. If we really put the inflation into this, there's not a comedy that's ever made that much money. That's I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. No, two hundred million maybe. Like, I think comedy in the seventies was just like people. That's what that's what people wanted. Sure, you know. The more I took these notes, I'm like. People just wanted to laugh in the 70s, man. There's no other explanation. Like, I don't know what. Gene Wilder, he's he was popular. There's that, well, too. Him and, you Gene, know, like, him and Gene Wilder were, like, super fucking close. And, yeah. So actor-wise, I mean. He so was, his, his, first, his first major film after writing on a bunch of TV shows was The Producers. And it's a, it's a movie about, it's a stage play. Producer devises a plan. And it's based on a real person that he worked for. Who's a fucking filthy crook is the word that he actually uses in one interview. Um, devised a plan to make money by producing a short flop because there was some like loophole. Um, a down as luck theatrical producer, Max Bielestock, is forced to, to romance rich old ladies to finance his efforts. And so he was going to make money off a bunch of rich old ladies and then be like, it's a flop and then just, just call it. So you know, the way that, the way it works, yeah, you raise a bunch of funding. The movie does badly; you don't have to pay anything back. Exactly. And movie, so sorry, he's like, "This movie's going to be called the the fi- the in in the film at the producers. The play that they're producing is called Springtime for Hitler." Right. And so they were in, an, and it was it was going to be based in New York City, which was like there's a bunch of Jewish people in. Uh, first of all, everybody should hate Hitler, but at the time, like, and so basically, and he writes this musical called Springtime for Hitler. But the person that got to play Hitler was um, initially didn't work out, and he was supposed to be some crazy Aryan angry guy. So they get this guy that's very flamboyant, very um, garish, and ends up just making a complete mockery of Hitler as a character. It makes it a massive... It turned into a massive comedy and makes it a massive success. And it it won him so many fucking awards. Mel Brooks, not the guy in the movie. No, no, no. But like, yeah. But because it became a massive success in the movie, but like the the story, the the whole idea, it became this massive success. And he, well, at that point, he owns he owed money to so many people, and he had extended past the point of collecting money that there was no way he'd make enough money back on the sales to pay everyone off. So it flip flopped on him, which is why it backfires. 
Because at that point, he collected so much In the much story money. or the real life? Yeah. In, in the story. Yeah. For the producers. But like... In real life, Mel Brooks won a bunch of rewards for it. It gets confusing. But, the, sto- but the story... As far as the story goes, yeah, that's what the story was about. And Gene Wilder is amazing. And he has this... One of my favorite scenes is he like he does this Linus... Linus from Charlie Brown blanket scene where he has this like blue blanket thing and he like loses his fucking mind and... It's so fucking incredible. Gene Wilder is so fucking underrated. And, like... I didn't I, say he's underrated. He was super popular at the time. Uh, yeah, but but, but, he, but he is, though. Like, he doesn't get the fucking recognition that he, like... Because he, he gets he gets groped in with a bunch of comedic shit, but his drama is just sure. amazing. And, I mean, this was a... It was a comedy, kind of. But even, like, even Willy Wonka, like, he just... He, he was so incredible. Right. But him... But... Melberg saw that and was just like, this person made this thing. And it was, it was awesome. So. I got a good one. Okay. <clears throat> Gene Wilder said in an interview on TCM that at the first reading of this script, he excused himself to leave early for a dentist appointment that he could not miss. When in fact, he had to go to the unemployment office to collect a check for $55 he desperately needed at the time. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. That's before he was famous, obviously, but. Right. After this, I think, is when, you know, he was like, huh. Wow, that's crazy. Don't have to go to the unemployment office anymore. <laughs> One of the ridiculous lines in this film is, um,. Don't be stupid, be a smarty. Come on, join. Join the Nazi party. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the funny thing about Mel Brooks is he wrote all the music for this film, but he is completely music illiterate and doesn't know how to play any instrument but the drums, so he doesn't know anything about um, notes or key or any of that <laughs> stuff. And so he hums it and then has somebody like write the music for him because of, from that point. That's funny. Yeah. That's yeah, that's, that's cool. He was also so surprised to win an Oscar for Best Screenplay, he collected the award without a speech prepared. Oh, nice. But yeah, just the just the title, Springtime for Hitler. So fucking hilarious. It makes me laugh. I don't know why, it just does. It's It's so funny, like, yeah, I mean, it just, it's just such a, a satirical view on Hitler and that fucking, that whole thing. And it's just like... Oh, did you talk about the Germany thing? Uh, no. So, it was initially, the film was banned in Germany where laws against public display of Nazi symbolism had been in place since the end of World War II. Oh, yeah. It wasn't screened there until it was included in a film festival featuring the works of Jewish filmmakers. That's crazy. It makes sense considering the, oh, yeah, way, the sure. way they look at things. Yeah, Germans don't really have a sense of humor, man. Not about that shit. They don't. They're like, not about, well, you not guys about can't, it. Not you guys about can't anything, forget really. about that yet. And it's like, uh, <laughs> how long does it take to forget about a fucking Holocaust? Well, they don't. They don't forget, and they're I not, mean, and they're not okay with never, it. Never. Like, know, okay, so here's an example. Um, in America, a motherfucker can march down the street with a fucking swastika, and people are like, oh. Freedom of speech, whatever, man, whatever. In fucking Germany, you do that shit, 
They just beat the fuck out of you. They don't give a shit because it is a fucking black mark on their fucking culture and it is horrible. Yeah. And it's just like, and that's the difference. Like when, so I, I, I'm not, because we're talking about a comedy director and he, an amazing human being, like I'm not going to go crazy like anger about Nazis because they're fucking stupid cunts. But like if you're a, a modern human being and you choose to su- like sport the swastika in any way, shape or form or Nazis, those motherfuckers were disgusting, terrible human beings, and they fucking killed upwards of eight million people for a um, quote unquote superior goal for the superior race. That is disgusting bullshit, and fuck you. And if you ever claim to, and if you wear a, a swastika, and you, oh well, that's this. No, it's not. Fuck you. I don't give a fuck if a swastika was used in other of other religions and other races and like centuries prior. It means something now, and it's fucking bullshit. And when you wear it, you know what the fuck you're wearing, so fuck you. And Nazis are fucking stupid cunts, and if you get punched in the face, you fucking deserve it. And it's, it's not cool. And that's me being angry, and Mel Brooks <laughs> chose to do it in a, a fucking satirical, hilarious way, and he did it in a way better way than I did could ever do, and good for fucking him, because he's a brilliant human being. So, But fuck you if you, if you, if you want to be like, oh, Nazis aren't... Nazis aren't bad people. Yeah, they are. Because in, in, in Germany at the time, the Nazis were a political party. It's just like if you were in America right now and you chose to be... I, I'm not I'm not even going to choose a regular one. She's like, whether a libertarian or Democrat or Republican, the Nazis were a political party like that. Not all Germans were that. Some of those people were forced to be in the military, but n- when, you were, when you were a Nazi, you chose to be a fucking Nazi. And when you're part of the SS, you really, really, really chose to be a Nazi. <laughs> and right. so it's just like those motherfuckers were horrible human beings. And when the when the fucking is- Israelites went on their fucking campaign to find the, track those motherfuckers down and put them on trial, good for them. Did you guys watch that? Uh, oh gosh, what was that? Is that, that, that new show? show with uh, what's his name? Uh, Newer show. Um, it's Denise. No. Pacino. Pacino. Hunters. Hunters. There you go. I have not yet, but I do have it on my Plex. Seen it. Looks fantastic. As far as the show, like it. That's real life. The laws motherfuckers escaped from Germany and and made their way to Argentina and Brazil. That's not. That's not fake. That's real shit. They made their way down there with the help of the fucking Catholic Church. Right. Well, the U.S. government hired a bunch of them. Is that the one movie's about well, too? Well, that's Operation Paperclip. That's fucking different. What's that one, the one movie about with Oscar Isaac and, and uh, uh, what's his name? Kingsley. Yeah, that was the same. Now was it Kingsley? Who's the one that played the fucking dentist? King, Kingsley, and then um, didn't see it. Don't know. Operation. Fuck. What was it called? Operation. I just knocked. Not loud though. They didn't know. It's because you didn't do it loud. <laughs> Operation something. What's the one? It's the it's the motherfucker that plays. Isn't the guy that plays the Nazi in fucking uh, the Tarantino film? Oh, Christoph Waltz. Yeah, isn't he in that? No. Isn't he to play him? No. Which that's a brilliant film too, because like. Which one are we talking about? I'm Glass talking Bastards? about Operation Finale, which was Oscar Isaac, Ben Kingsley. Is Kingsley it the did have is, King, is Kingsley the fucking Nazi? Yes. Is, is it, he plays a 
Adolf. Uh, what the fuck is his name? Adolf Eichmann. 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 Yeah. yeah. It's like the same story, right? Kind of. It's one of the stories. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that'll okay. be probably the one in that in that show. Yeah. There's a lot of them, dude. That was a good movie, by the way. If you guys haven't watched it, hmm. no, we did watch it. Okay. I don't think. Yeah, we, we watched it. It was the one that was like they go, they 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 fucking go to South America. They get him. They take him back to fucking Israel. They have like this operation. And they get and he's like, oh, I'm not that person. And like, you're 100 percent that person, motherfucker. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Remember yeah. that? Okay, I do remember that. Yeah, it's a lot of that shit. But remember, huh. like, do you guys did you ever see that Jake Gyllenhaal movie, October Sky? Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. The one they build the rocket. They build the rocket. They're like, they're oh, the, yeah. the coal mine yeah. town and coal shit. Mine town rockets, so remember when Jake Gyllenhaal yeah. goes to the fucking science fair and he's like, and he meets it. He 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 keeps talking about von Braun. Von Braun. He's like yeah. this 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 amazing person with like rock rockets and all this yeah. stuff. And his dad's like, "Heard you met your hero, and he didn't even know he didn't even realize it." And his dad was talking shit to him. Yeah, von Braun was a fucking full on Nazi, yeah, and he got moved to the fucking America through Operation Paperclip. And he that motherfucker helped kill Jews. That motherfucker was a piece of shit. And through Operation Paperclip, like this guy's smart. Let's just bring him over. Fuck him. So, just so you guys know, when you watch fucking October Sky, you're like, eh, Von Braun was a fucking piece of shit. I don't know if I have that on my plex. I'm going to have to put it on there. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, plex should sponsor uh, us. Plex, what's up? They should. I mean, I think that we kind of fit there. Between, between Connor and I, like, we fucking support them pretty good, I feel like. I don't know. Somebody sent an email. Let's get a few more subscribers, people. Connor and I have both Play, paid for lifetime twice. passes. You know what that means? I don't know. No, I don't. I guess to them it's only like 120 130 bucks a person, but it means that we're, we're subscribed for life. Nice. You know, like we're... Should tell Connor to get it some, also means get we can share with our friends as much as we want, so, you know. Well, in that case, you hook a brother up. So I'm not stuck just using Connor's. Does his not work? Oh, yeah. He he doesn't have all the updated shit. No. He will tomorrow. I'm meeting him tomorrow, like, giving him oh. probably hundreds of files that he has not had. So, but, yeah. I'm just saying you're more proactive, amigo. You're more proactive. It's because, it's because I download all the shit for both of us. See? It's that's true. why you should put me on the front side. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I will. All right. I should. The front side of what? Create... A Plex account for yourself. I have one. Okay. That's well, how I use Connors. You need to text me your email address for that account. Okay. Done and done, sir. So we're only... We good. Okay. Yeah, you need to step it up. We're on the 12 chairs. We're cool. 1970. So, so, so have any of us seen this? That's the one that I haven't seen, and um, it sounds fucking great. I haven't seen it. Like um, I found this... Today, so so we didn't have a chance to watch it, but we but have looked for it, and it, today was the first. Weirdly, the first day we found it. It was yeah. Um, it was like I, I was looking for four of them that I couldn't find. The premise of the movie and then is today that, I found this one, but in the 1920s, Soviet Russia, a fallen aristocrat, a priest, and a con artist search for a treasure of jewels hidden inside of twelve dining chairs lost during the revolution. Um, you know, I I've never seen this. This is the one that I haven't seen it all. I heard it's fantastic. Um, it has Frank Langella in it. Um, Ron Moody, obviously Mel Brooks, Don, Dom DeLuise, um, a lot of pretty big motherfuckers. Film debut of Frank Langella. Oh, really? 
Yes. Which was recommended by Anne Bancroft. I don't know who she is, but if she wouldn't have recommended him for that, we may never have got him as Skeletor. Isn't that his... Which would have been really terrible. Oh, because yeah. Because I fucking love him as Skeletor. Heck yeah, it's awesome. Skeletor is amazing. And that will come back around again because we saw fucking... Gwil- his name's Gwildor, right? That's his wife. Uh, yes. Huh? That's Mel Brooks's wife. Oh. And, and Bam Croft is his wife. Nice. Yeah. Well, she easier. saw talent and yeah. she was right. <laughs> pretty good. So, on to... Is that... I mean... I not... mean, next is Blazing Saddles. Which is fan- fucking... So... This is the most mind-blowing box office number. You ready? Okay. okay. This is the one. You ready? Budget two point six million. So times. Let's just say five, that's six, all, ten, I'll, ten, eleven. I'll do the calculation. Let's say that's twelve million so, dollar budget. So let's what, just say that's twelve. No, million. I'll, we'll give exact numbers. Tell me what it is again. Two point six. Two point six times. We figured time five point six. Yes. Okay. Two point six times five point six. It's fourteen point five six million. million dollars. Okay. Okay. Worldwide gross. I'm just gonna round up. Just give me the number. Hundred and twenty million. One twenty. Wow. Times. This is even better than Young Frankenstein. <laughs> five point six. Okay, one more. I, my points aren't working. Do yeah, you got. Time. You got to. You got to do the points, dude. I'm trying. Was it to what? All right, so we got fourteen and a half million. We don't need that. Right. So, hundred twenty million. One twenty ta- times five point six. There it goes. Six hundred seventy-two million dollars. Ah, that's what it would have been right now in today's money. Wow, that's freaking crazy, isn't it? Yeah, that's really crazy. So even four seventy-eight. Is crazy for a comedy. Oh yeah, but that's, that's like that's why when they that's when they say he's one of the, the the article I read said he's the most successful director of the 1970s. So it, I think, it makes a lot of sense. I think yeah. we can say like, including inflation, in the 70s, Mel Brooks would have made. Several billion dollars. Two billion dollars in the box office. Oh, easy in the seventies. That's just those. Right? Two, but that's just those two films, though. On comedies. That's right. just those two films. He would have made two billion dollars almost. Uh, but with all of them, for sure. Well, what, so what's six seventy two plus like? Maybe closer to to one. Like one point two or something. That's 1. just what, three. That's just two films, right? But isn't that insane? That's crazy. That's really crazy. I mean, it's also why Gone with the Wind is still like, yeah, would true. be the number one. That's because so many people want to see it, which right. obviously is fantastic. But it's about number of ticket sales, not you know, right? But yeah, inflation it's fucking nuts. Anything else? That's crazy. Even that's... if we take inflation out of it, it's still crazy. Regardless, as a far comedy as comedy that yeah. on a two point six million dollar budget made one hundred and twenty million. It's pretty impressive. In 1974, That's really crazy. That's yeah. This would crazy. not be. This would not normally be 
the director, I would be like, oh, I wonder what his box office numbers were. Like, I wasn't even going to look at it. And I started right. looking at him like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, like, and I, like I, but remember, are I, you serious? But I said, I was like, he, he was, he was told to, I said that to you and you're like, really? And then we started doing numbers and you're like, holy, is this real? And then we started doing math and we're like, oh my gosh. But the funny thing is, is Gene Wilder said of the film in an interview that, They've smashed racism in the face, but they're doing it while they laugh. And that's the thing with Mel Brooks is that, like, he made fun of racism. And I think that, that there's not enough people today that have watched Blazing Saddles. It's just because they, like, it says such horrible fucking shit, but that does it in a way to make fun of it. And, like, I think that, like, you have to make fun of those things because it's, like, if you make fun of it and make it stupid, people are like, why? I can't do it anymore because it sounds like I sound like an idiot when I say it, which you are an idiot when you say it. When you say racist shit, you are an idiot. That's the point. And he's making fun of it. And he's like, I don't ever like what the Nazi shit that he's like, I don't ever want. I don't ever want to be a Nazi to be cool and never come back ever again. Right. He's like, that's why I continue to do what I do. And it comes with racism in general. Like he, that's what he does. It's awesome. Well, yeah, I don't know if you said this, but yeah, even I have, he wrote this movie out of anger at white corruption, racism, and Bible-thumping big, bigotry. Yep. You know, like... I didn't say that, but I, yeah, I read that. And this was also filmed on the same outdoor set as Westworld in 1973. <laughs> Crazy. Man. That's a good one in there, considering yeah. Westworld, you know, come back around. Right. That's crazy. Hmm. Go Yul Brenner. That's yeah. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Anything else about these Blazing Saddles? Well, Richard Pryor is supposed to play the main character in this, but um, he was in he was in the midst of doing. What was he? He had the idea for it too, didn't he? Well, wasn't it his idea for that character, but then he couldn't play it. I think I read that somewhere. Yeah, there's like there's a big connection there. Like, like he, um, he Richard Pryor is heavily linked for this, but like it just didn't work out for yeah. some reason. Well, him and uh, him and uh, oh gosh, what's his name? Gene Wilder. Yeah, him and Gene Wilder did, did some a, a lot whole together. bunch of movies together actually, and a lot of comedy stuff. Not just movies, but like comedy duet stuff too. So, I must have been somewhere where he the, had different jobs. So or something. the so the intro song, I, I can't. I'm not. I, I can't find it in my notes, but like the. The guy that, that Mel Brooks had to write the song, mm-hmm. he didn't tell him that it was a like a satirical comedy, and so that he did because he didn't want to change the guy's point of view. So he wrote it as an actual western song, <laughs> and then one day Mel Brooks was on on the studio lot, and he sat down to have lunch at like a little cafe on the studio lot, and he ran into John Wayne. And he was just like he was in the midst of writing, writing the film, get, getting ready to do the film. And uh, he's like, maybe I can get. He's like, ah, oh, you're Mel Brooks. I heard you're making a western. He's like, yeah. Do you, like, like here's my script. What do you think? And like, I mean, you know, if you if if you're interested, I could be, I could get you in the film for sure. And John Wayne read it, and he's just like, you know, this is way too dirty for me. <laughs> but. I will be the first person in line to see it because this is amazing. <laughs> that's funny. John Wayne fucking told him that, man. That's cool. Man, that's cool. He probably never said that to anyone else, too. Fucking, think about it. 
that's what I said. Like, I've been wanting to do Mel Brooks for so fucking long, and just like, like his films are such classics. Like when we were watching Robin Hood and Tight Outside today, and like every line you said, like you said it first, then we watch it, and it would happen, and it was just like. It's so fucking funny. Well, that one, I, that one but, too, but, that stuck with me the most. Spaceballs is like, the same way, though, man. Like, it, it is. It's, it's, they're all of them are that way. And they're, we're gonna keep cruising through them, but like, when I was old enough to remember, like, fucking, you know, things said in movies or whatever, or just movies in general. It's like, it's from. Like I was nine years old. When Men in Tights came out. And it was one of the first movies my dad took me to. In the theater. So I think that's why I remember it. It's like... Impressive. It just stuck with me. Like, yeah. you know, I didn't see Spaceballs in the theater. I didn't see Star Wars in the theater. Like, none of that. Like, you know, like 1993. I remember Men in Tights. I remember Jurassic Park. Right. Sure. That was like the first year of movies in the theater I got. So... So... I can watch Men in Tights and probably say 60% of the dialogue. Just cause I, you know, Seriously, like you I can. Just, you I, know, I was nice. sitting right next to you. <laughs> it's funny. It was so funny to me, even as a nine-year-old, that I'm just like, this is great. But That's awesome. But yeah, like I remember Spaceballs too. Even, even young Frankenstein, like my dad was... Actually, I have a quote. My hmm. dad sent me. Oh, man. I told him we were doing this today. Right. Looking up the quote. Yeah, so. I said, Dad, we're doing Mel Brooks today. And he says, <clears throat> Blazing Saddles. High anxiety, young Frankenstein, should be good, lots of great humor, can't forget Spaceballs, and I was like, can't forget Men in Tights either, because him and I watched that for years together, like years, and he's like, oh yeah, how could I forget that one? And Silent Movie, a true masterpiece, which we were trying to find, I'm like, you know, it, it was... I've seen it, it's amazing, but like... When we get to it, it'll be next, but we'll talk into it. Yeah, we, we, you know, I've been looking for, you know, I I looked at this weeks ago. Couldn't find a lot of the ones that just aren't, you know, like, they're just not available. We we found most of them, but Young Frankenstein is next, which we do have. Um, and I was like, yeah, I can't find that. He's like, too bad. It's worthy. And then I was like, I can't find High Anxiety or History of the World, which is another one. Like, a, I think that one's a musical more so. But mm, it's kind of like a Monty Python. It's like it's more like. And he says, I have a vivid memory of my dad laughing so hard at High Anxiety, which I made him watch with me. He also really liked Young Frankenstein. I liked making my dad laugh. Which was cool because, like, you know, obviously my grandpa, but like he died when I was like three. So my dad was my age right now. Crazy. When his dad died. But 
he was like, your gramps really like to laugh, but needed help finding the right movies. And I helped him find not only Mel Brooks movies, but also <laughs> Inspector Clouseau. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was just a cool little conversation where I'm like, oh, that's good. Yeah. You know, like, that's really cool. Like his dad was, you know, my dad's all into the comedic bit and just has always been. And his dad was not that way. Wanted to be that way, but like, didn't have the means to do it. And my dad helped right. him. That's cool. Do that. So, okay, man. yeah, that's good. That's that's cool. So, Young Frankenstein. Yeah, uh, I think this was the first one. Like, well, not that I remember it, but I think this is the first one as a child I watched with my dad. So the premise, in case anybody listening to this doesn't have any idea, an American grandson of the infamous scientist struggling to prove that his grandfather was not as insane as people believe is invited to Transylvania where he discovers the process that reanimates a dead body. Frankenstein. Right. <clears throat> Friedrich? Frankenstein? I believe so. <laughs> <coughs> uh... This movie's so fucking good. Like, it, um, it's awesome. He, it's shot in black and white. He wouldn't, like, he wouldn't have cool. ever done it if it wasn't for his wife, though. He wouldn't have ever directed it. Like, Gene Wilder's like, hey, I'm doing this film. He's like, yeah, like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of busy, blah, blah, blah. He did, he did do two films in the same fucking year. Right. And his wife was just like, no, you need to fucking do this movie. And he, at, because of this film, he calls his wife his Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> That's funny. So That's I mean, good. we've said it already, but like 1974, two movies, massive. Let's not even he almo- include almost, inflation. He almost made two billion dollars. We're saying without inflation. Without, without inflation, you know what's that? A hundred and a hundred and eighty uh, plus million at the box office in the seventies. I think it's two two eighty. It's it's ridiculous. No, it no it's like one ninety. I don't know. One, either way, one eighty. Whatever. Time wise, I which mean, check the math, I guess. But any two comedies together today that made that much money in the box office, and they only like, Spielberg may be in the nineties. Not for Jurassic not, not Park. For comedy. And, not for comedy. Not for though. comedy. No. Yeah. Comedy never. It, it cost like two million dollars to make, and you made eighty million dollars. It's insane. Fuck that. Uh, Fuck that, man. That's brilliance. That's what that is. Even if we leave inflation out of it, it's, in, it's incredible. Comedies rarely make over a hundred million, right? At the box office, maybe a few Seth Rogen movies in the past five years, maybe, maybe, like his highest-grossing ones. Yeah, and like if you want to call the rundown a comedy. Which is more of an action comedy, so I mean, whatever. But even that, like, money-wise, no, it doesn't. That doesn't happen that way. So, as an ongoing bit that he does in several movies, um, Marty Feldman's hump in this film moves regularly per- from scene to scene to scene, oh, scene. Yeah. and just like the mole in uh, Men in Tights. But it's an ongoing bit that he does. So, but at first. It wasn't meant to be. And he's just like, this is hilarious. And he's stuck with it. It's pretty funny. 
What else you got trivia wise for Frankenstein? Um, Gene Hackman, did you say that? I didn't do that one. I thought you would have that one. He learned about the film through frequent tennis playing with Gene Wilder, requested a role because he wanted to try comedy. He volunteered to play the blind hermit for free. And it was four days of shooting, four minutes of runtime. <laughs> so he did that for free. <laughs> the Aerosmith? Did you see the Aerosmith thing? Uh-uh. In 74, Aerosmith took a break from a long night of recording to see the film. Steven Tyler wrote the band's hit, Walk This Way, the morning after seeing it, inspired by Marty Feldman's first scene, the Walk This Way, Walk This Way scene. That's hilarious. Uh, I did not know that. That's, That's cool. pretty good. That is cool. And this is Gene Wilder's favorite film they ever made. That was the other one I had, yeah. His favorite movie of himself. That's cool. But I can kind of understand why. That's good. It's fun. They also added a bunch of scenes to this movie because they all loved making this film so much that Mel Brooks at the end was like, fuck it, let's just like this add some scenes because they just have, they're having so much fun together. Just roll. Just roll with it. He he wrote extra (laughs) scenes just to film extra stuff because he loved it so much. So that's cool. Silent movie, which is next, which is, um, I didn't, so I thought they were making fun of it being the first silent movie in what, 47? 40. 40 40 exactly. So I didn't know that. I thought they were making fun of it in the film. That's what I thought too. But the actual film is the first silent movie in 40 years when this movie was made. Yeah, so 1936 was the last full silent movie until this one. Hmm. That's kind of cool. But it was also Mel Brooks's first film where he played a lead role. <laughs> Even though he has no words, no lines. Right, yeah. Dom DeLuise, Sid Caesar, which was the Caesar show from like when his beginnings. Right. And Marty Feldman, Crazy Eyes. Yeah. Um, I really want to find this one. Like, I really want to find it, like, not just on YouTube, but I want to find, like... Bernadette Peters, who plays the girlfriend slash wife in The Jerk. Um, Yeah, it's... So even this, silent film, $4.4 million budget, $36 million. (laughs) Jesus. For a silent film. That's crazy. Man. So we didn't actually add up all the 70s movies, but I'm like, you see where this is going. Yeah. Like, he crazy. made a lot of fucking money in the 70s for whatever suit. It's a 158% increase. Yeah. Like, that's 150 percent profit. Huge. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's, that's just some quick crazy math on that shit. Like, yeah. Insanity, man. Yeah. Um, and that was a silent movie. <laughs> yeah, right. It's fucking great. Like it's so fucking funny. And like, like, um, as we go on, I'm like prefacing other films as well. But when we watched um, Life Stinks today, like this one especially, like he does, he does the fucking Three Stooges shit. Like the fucking like that that fucking physical comedy, like, right? Oh, slap, oh, slap, like that kind of stuff. This movie has a lot of that, like the crashing and like the jump in the fucking car. And what's his name's in this film too? Um, super famous action star. Um, uh, why, am I, why, am, why am I blanking on his name? Silent. 
Yeah, he was the one that had the fucking Evil Knievel suit on. Uh, Why is it not listed? I mean, he just did Because he probably had the smallest role or something. Right. I don't know who that was. No idea. Anyway. Burt Reynolds is in this film, weirdly. He was in. He makes sense for <laughs> James Conn, Liza Minnelli. Um, Paul Newman, motherfucker. It was God Paul damn Newman. It. Yeah, why couldn't we think Why of that? is it like the last uh, fucking person listed? It's Paul Newman. Like the second you he, said that, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah he was. He, he dressed in the fucking <laughs> Evil Knievel suit and he fucking just like, he hops the fucking hedge all crazy when they're all chasing him and he like, he makes it because he's like in. But like in a wheelchair. Yeah, but in a motorized wheelchair. Right. Oh, my God. That's funny. But he looks all slick and handsome in an evil Knievel suit. High anxiety. Another one my dad mentioned, another one I haven't seen. Psychiatrist with intense acrophobia, which is fear of heights, um, goes to work for a mental institution run by doctors who appear to be crazier than their patients and have secrets that are willing to commit murder to keep. What year did this one come out? 77. Okay. Four million dollar budget. Yeah. Made 31 million. It's still pretty freaking good. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Again. Again. Murdering. That's, I, I really yeah. think if we do all the inflation addition, he made two billion dollars in the 70s. It's freaking crazy. For sure. So, so crazy. It's, yeah, man. Oh, this is kind of cool, though. I don't know what this movie is about and where birds would be, but Mel Brooks hired the actual bird handler from Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds to work on this movie. <laughs> I don't know what that means, like I said. Man. But okay. there's got to be a scene in there somewhere with birds, and that was the same guy. The, weird. The, the birds. That's yeah, that's weird. I saw that and I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Okay. <laughs> it's Clor- Cloris Leshman, Madeline Kahn. Um. Also, the first Dick leading Van- role of Mel Brooks where he actually spoke. Ah. Uh, Being that silent movie was his actual yeah, yeah. first, but Firstly. he didn't say anything. <laughs> Um, that's all I got for that one yeah without I mean I I know I've seen this film but it wasn't like it wasn't one that I've seen so many times like I'm very familiar with it sure probably there's ones there's I've seen all of them except one when we talked about a little bit and then this one I've like "Ah, I've seen it I'm just like a little weird but I mean my dad's hyped on it and, you know, if it made his dad laugh about it, I mean, it must have been funny, you right. know, but who knows? A History of the World Part 1. This is also what year was this one? 81. Okay. I'm pretty sure, like, his, uh, the 2,000-year-old man kind of inspired this film. It makes sense if it did, yeah. Considering what it was basically about, yeah. 
So yeah, it's like one of a kind comic touch to the history of mankind covering events from the Old Testament to the French Revolution and a series of episodic comedy vignettes. Budget eleven million. Worldwide gross thirty two million. Still not bad. Not bad at all for No. I I really hadn't heard of that one until today. <laughs> like uh. So, obviously there's never been a part two of this, because at the end of this movie, a trailer is shown for History of the World Part Two, and obviously that's a joke. That's pretty funny. At the beginning of the French Revolution segment, the street sign reads, Rue de Merde, which is French for shit street, which is a lot of jokes about that. What's the fucking witch say in fucking, in, uh, Men in Tights? Like, there's a lot of, like, like like the language jokes. Her name, her yeah. her name's whatever, and it's just like it used to be shit street or whatever. It's like the it used l- to be shit house. Oh shit house! And it's like what's <laughs> the loo? Like it's Delu or whatever, and it's just like oh, it used to be shit. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. So the music. I don't know what this means either because I haven't heard this, but the music in the Jews in Space segment was recycled into the Men in Tights number from Robin Hood Men in Tights. But I'm like, Jews in Space? What is that? That sounds hilarious. Well, the funny thing is that the background music in the Viking funeral sequence is recycled from John Morris's score for Brooks's The Twelve Chairs. Oh, crazy. Well, there's a lot of recycling going on. pieces, yeah. Same as returning jokes like the mole and everything else, yeah. That's funny. And he played five roles in this film. Moses, Comicus, Grand Inquisitor, Torquemada, Jacques, and King Louis the Sixteenth. This is the most parts Brooks has ever done in a theatrical movie. Cool. It's a lot. Yeah? <laughs> it sounded like six <laughs> to me, but, yeah. Did I not read all of them? No, it's, it sounded like you said six, not five. I think one of those names is a lot longer. Maybe. Um, so next is probably a movie that we all love very, very fucking much. Hmm. And it's got one of our faves in it, Rick Moranis. So we got Spaceballs. Oh, yeah. And weirdly, um, George Lucas was a big fan of this film. And he gave him permission to work on it and do it. Same makes sense. That's, yeah, that's awesome. And like the, uh, the scenes where Dark Helmet, or, or no, Yoda, and he's talking about the merchandising and all that kind of stuff. You mean yogurt? Yes. Yogurt was like doing, <laughs> he was, it was making fun of like how Lucas had so many fucking, uh, merchandising rights. Oh yeah. But like they're all real fucking merchandising rights. And that's yeah. like Lucas being like the brilliant man that he is. It's like, okay, I'll take very little money to make Star Wars, but I want all the merchandising rights for forever. It's like, yeah, okay, whatever, sucker. He's like, you guys are idiots. Yeah. And then he made fucking Ewok toys, and they was <laughs> driving fucking Rolls Royce fucking slippers around, and they're like, what in the fuck did we do wrong? It's phantoms, bro. He had phantoms. <laughs> That's right. a badass Rolls Royce. Yeah. He had a phantom. He probably had five phantoms. Rolls Royce phantom slippers. He pr- yeah, he probably had that too. Maybe. That actually ran. His slippers actually were miniature cars that actually ran. Phantoms that looked like 
The Millennium Falcon, somehow. So if you haven't seen Spaceballs and you're listening to this podcast, you've made it this far, you're fucking dumb. And you need to stop what you're doing and just go watch this fucking film. Pause. Okay, now you're back. Now that you're not fucking dumb anymore, <laughs> this is awesome film. Ready? We were Ready. talking about it, so yeah. <laughs> uh, it's got the dude from Police Academy in it. Freaking awesome. John Candy's in it. Yeah. So good. Pizza the Hut. Pizza the Hut. Yeah. The robot uh, Pullman's in it. Man. Hilarious. The guys that work for Pizza the Hut. Yeah. Freaking awesome. I do need to go back and like rewatch this. It's been a long time, but I remember like this is one my dad and I watched a ton when I was a kid. So in this the space diner scene, so George Lucas got a chance to read the script before they made the film and he loved it so much. He actually let industrial like light magic help with making the film and the fucking Millennium Falcon was actually parked in the parking lot during the space fucking diner scene. That's awesome. Which until today I've never noticed. So now I need to fucking. I want to go feel back like and watch. I haven't either. So yeah, which know, we all know the alien scene is fucking in there. Yeah, the ragtime gal dance sequence. Yes. What about the escape pod launch? With the bear. The escape pod launch sequence is an unused clip from Star Wars: A New Hope, provided to Mel Brooks by Lucasfilm. Damn. Seriously, I'm saying George yeah. Lucas loved this movie. Wow. Like he was very supportive, man. That's crazy. I saw that today, and I was like, I don't really remember that. Yeah, I don't. Did you get the the action figure scene where he's, like, holding the dolls and playing with them? Right. Um, that was never in the actual original script, and Mel Brooks came up with the idea that day, and... Um, uh, I, th- I thought you were going to say Rick Moranis was in his trailer, like, playing with toys, no, and he's Rick, like, oh, but, we got to put this in but there. He, but he told Rick Moranis' idea, and Rick Moranis was like, that's great, and he improvised the whole fucking scene, so that's all impro- improvisation. Makes sense. Moranis is awesome. So good. <laughs> Man. And then Barf, the only reason um, John Candy was in this film is because Rick Moranis was like, you need to hire this guy John Candy for this film, because he'd be brilliant. That's cool. Did you have that? Nope. And then John Candy ad libs the line, Oh, that's going to leave a mark after standing up without undoing his seatbelt. <laughs> <laughs> so but the- somehow, too, somehow, $22 million budget only made $38 million. Wow. Still made, still made, still made money. Still made black. Yes. Not the same way. But. Probably because it's a parody movie, and some people saw it as an insult, and not how awesome it is. I think it was too soon for it to be an insult, though. I don't know. I think we were like, oh, space, come on, nah, we're out. Maybe it just looked too silly in the trailers, but the trailers, I thought, looked awesome. So it depends on where you sit in these Trailers in the 80s were so different, though. They like were. I go back and watch them, and I'm like, that doesn't make me want to watch that movie. Yeah, th- right. it's, it's a that lot- makes me feel like I just watched the movie. It, it was a lot different. You know, I, like, was like, I was like, here's, like, here's, here's I the trailer for, movie in 60 seconds. I was like, here's the trailer for silent movie now. It's just like, hmm. You're like, oh, I just, I, I just saw the whole movie. But, right. but in CBS's words and questions and things that he said a few minutes ago, hmm. during his scene, Michael Winslow did most of the sound effects in the DVD audio commentary for the movie. Mel Brooks jokes that they saved around $1,000 by letting him do this. It's freaking awesome. 
Makes sense, man. Dude's awesome. Thousand dollars back then too. That was probably like ten grand. No, it was five thousand six hundred dollars. <laughs> there you go. Okay, sure. Oh well, no, well, no, this, this is a different this year. This is the eighties. This, this is, is not year. the seventies. You're right. You're right. Might have been ten grand. <laughs> That's crazy. Michael Winslow is still awesome. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's great. This film's amazing. Um, James Conn was really was the original choice to play Lone Star, by the way. Hmm. Really? Which uh, I can see it. I sure. can't. I don't know if he'd be. In, I don't know. Bill Pullman's pretty good. He's good, but I could see it. But was he? He's just James Conn has always seemed so much older. Yeah. But Bill Pullman's more of a pussy. That's true. Think about James Conn in that role. He'd be like... Yeah, he wouldn't... Well, James Conn... He'd be way more Han Solo type than fucking Bill Pullman. Yeah, but Bill Pullman's got to not believe in himself so he can try to learn to use the swords. I guess, yeah. his confidence, whereas... If if it was uh, was the other way around, he'd be like, This guy's not confident? Hang on, what? Okay, that makes sense. (laughs) What do you mean he can't use it? That doesn't make any sense. So the scene where Mega Maid sucks the atmosphere off the mountain on the planet Derudia is a parody of the Paramount Studio logo, which we all do. Oh, okay. You remember, like, you know, they got the mountain, like, yeah. that thing, thing. And then the alien that pops out of Sir John Hurt's chest and starts seeing Hello, My Baby. Yeah. The character, you know, the, the Warner Brothers character. The frog. Which I never knew the character's, the frog's name. Do you oh. guys, do you guys know? I don't think Michigan do. J. Frog. <laughs> I never knew that fucking frog's name. No. Michigan J. Frog. I don't never think. heard that before. Yeah. And then uh, one weird thing that I think is hilarious, I love breakfast cereal on the Spaceballs, the breakfast cereal, it's, it says it contains 100% sugar. And I don't know why I think that's funny, but I do. It's pretty funny. Good. It's obvious. That's what's hilarious. Spaceballs. Fucking fantastic. Mel Brooks, you're a goddamn genius. As we go on. And then the film that I thought that I'd seen, and as I watched it, I was like, I don't remember my, almost any of this movie. CBS, this was or, good. CBS, you watched, what, 30 minutes of it, maybe 20 minutes of it? You saw the, in, the but, entail of it. But, but Tyler and me watched Life Stinks today. Oh, Life Stinks, okay. That was good. And good fucking film, man. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to be it's, as good as it was, and I'm like... It was, I would say it was more of a dramedy. Like, it, it wasn't like, there was some dark shit. It was shit heartfelt. In, it was some, but there was some it dark was shit in it, man. Like, like the one, like the one, like, the one homeless guy who first befriends Mel Brooks's character in this film, like, dies. Yeah. Like, it starts raining and then, like, all their boxes get washed away so they don't have anywhere to stay that's kind of warm and kind of safe. And, it, like, the rain has washed everything away and he gets sicker. And he just fucking dies on the sidewalk in front of a fucking donut shop. And the guy's like, yeah, he's fucking dead. Get him the fuck out of here. I'm losing customers. That's some dark shit, man. Yeah. And it it's kind of like... I thought several times it was kind of like trading places, but he wasn't trading places with anyone. It was just a bet. Yeah. You know, like... Someone bet him, like, oh, you can't live on the streets for 30 days. So the premise of the film is he he and another rich guy, like, there's a section of L.A. that he owns half and this other rich guy owns the other half. And, like, they make a bet. Like, he's like, oh, if you, you know, if you can live in with, I grew up in this area, which he he didn't. But, like, I grew up in this area, and if you can stay there for 30 days, I'll give you my part. But if not, 
you got to give me yours. He's like, all right. So they make, so they make a bet, and Mel Brooks has to live on the street in this section with like a, a you know, an area tracker around his ankle. And if he leaves that area, then it's no good. I mean, just drop him off with nothing but with, with the the clothes on his back, and that's it. And that's it for thirty days. And he like he just has to find a place to live. He has no money. He has no credit card. He's nothing. nothing. Zero. Right. You know, he, and he, he's wearing a suit, but it gets dirty real, real quick. <laughs> but he's got to make friends. Next, somebody somebody steals it. Some people steal his shoes. Some people beat him up. You know, he meets a girl slash woman, and he just like, I oh, man, but but some of it's real dark. And this is this is one of those things that we were talking about earlier on, just like about the racism thing, like, but the, about like homeless people. He just he's just like, hey, this is a real fucking problem. These people don't have a lot of choices, and big government and big rich people don't give a fuck about these people. And I think that Mel Brooks was like, hey. Look at this fucking situation. This isn't okay. These people don't have any health care. They don't have any money. They don't have any food. They don't have anything. And if it fucking rains, they're cold. And, like, a lot of them don't have any choice. Right. And it's, like, it's cool that he... This was... I mean, what was it? 92? 91, I want to say. In 1991. 91. And, like, you listen to any current news or podcast or anything about L.A. right now, like, the transient homeless situation in fucking L.A. right now is a... Fucking crazy situation. It's, on, like, it's it's nine million times worse. And, right. and like Mel Brooks, like parks and like streets, like side streets, they're like full on like hobo towns. It's like a whole thing. Every underpass is a fucking tent city. Yeah. And Mel Brooks saw this shit in ninety one. He's like, "This is a thing." Hey guys, pay attention. This is a fucking thing. Yeah. We're at kind. Kind of fucking brilliant, man. Around almost 30 years ago. Yeah. Fucking brilliant that he saw this shit and he was like, hey, we need to pay attention. We need to help these people out. And, you know, like, people like Dr. Drew being, like, um, I mean, Dr. Drew's been, like, Love Lion and all sorts of other shit. And he's just like, the homeless problem in L.A., the people aren't the problem. The problem is that, like, there's nobody to help those people. Like, it's a, it's, it's a mental health problem. It's a it's a physical health problem. He's just like these people need fucking help, and there's nobody to help them because there's no money to help them because fucking California is broke, right. and there's nothing that people can do about it. And it's just like that's the fucking problem. And Mel Brooks saw this shit in fucking ninety one. He and it's it's insane that like we're having this conversation right now. We're a fucking podcast that nobody fucking listens to. And Mel Brooks, we're talking about like a, an amazing screenwriter and amazing director, and he foresaw this situation in 1991, thirty years ago. Yeah, and and it is basically thirty years ago. everywhere right fucking now. It's crazy, everywhere. Yeah. And it's like the, the fact that we watch this film. Our parks here have never been worse. No, seriously, and it's not just California. There's it's, fucking we're in Colorado. There's a hundred people at fucking what's the park on. The the um, the first the picking yeah Canyon View. There's a hundred people there like every day. Yeah, just hanging out. They have nothing. They're homeless. Like they the half of them don't have clothes or they're like half clothed. But it's like I've never seen more homeless people where we live than right now as ever. It's gotten mm. really bad. 
Like, what What can we do about it? You can't really do anything Pe- about it. Pe- but. People, okay, here's what you do about it. And here's the problem with it. It's like, and I'm not saying that I'm, I'm the good person or the bad person in the situation, but I've called down and tried to get a hold of the soup kitchen and the homeless shelter multiple times to be like, hey, I'm a chef. I have these skills. I would love to volunteer some time to just come down and cut vegetables or just do whatever I need to do. I have knives. I can do whatever. I can help with recipes. I can, I can do whatever I need to do. And they're like, well, how many hours do you need? And I'm like, what do you mean? Oh, for community and like, service? And, and, yeah. I'm like, I'm, and they're like, well, for community They're service. like, no, I just want to do this because I want to help. And Exactly. And I was like, I don't, I, I don't need any hours. I just want to help. And they're like, well, what do you mean you just want to help? I'm like, I don't. <laughs> and it, like, they don't, they don't get it. And it's just like. It's because that's all they get, though. Like, they're I not, know. they're not, they're like, they get the people that need it to clear their name. Cool. But they you know don't what? get like, it from people that just want to fucking help. But I'm just saying, like, I'm willing to go get, even if it's four hours a week, I'll go down for four hours a week and just. I would f- do it too. Fucking for sure. cut, cut, fucking cut celery for no fucking, for nothing. I don't give a fuck. Cause there's people who have, like, during this whole pandemic bullshit, there are people who literally have nothing and it's only going to get worse. It is only going to get worse. Because, like, the unemployment benefits are fucking ending. Right. And, you know, the unemployment rates have come down a little bit, but, like, shit might get worse again. And, like, the next time around, if you've, if you've already filed for unemployment and you've already gotten your five or six months worth and you, you can't file again, those people are fucked and they're unemployed. And it's just, like, it's going to be a fucking problem. And I'm all I'm trying to do is, like, if you need me, I'll come down and I'll do whatever you ask me to do. If I need to wash dishes... You need to sit me and then cut celery. You need to fucking just like sit there and put like whatever, whatever it is. I'll, I'll fucking do it for however long. I, I'm, I'm, I'm offering my time, and they just, I think they were a little fucking confused. They're like, I don't, I, I don't know what you're asking me. I was like, I'm saying that's not a call to get every day. I understand, you know, but it, they're but, like, what are you saying? But I've, I've, I've talked. Are you to, speaking English right now? Or <laughs> yeah, um, and I know, and it's just like, and there's the the other thing too is like, in, in this time, in this time that we're going through. And I know that we're getting like, we're doing a, we're doing a comedy writer and director who's amazingly hilarious and fucking super fantastic. But like one of the biggest things I think is in this day and age with like the Black Lives Matter thing and like, you know, police brutality and all this stuff. It just makes me like, well, well, blood, this, 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 and this is like, okay. I guess my biggest question is like, and I, I'm, I'm obviously I'm on the same page. It's just like police need to be held accountable. I think we're all on the same page with that. Like it is. Oh, hundred percent. But like my biggest thing is just like, what can you do to change things where you're at? And my question is just like to change the community that you're a part of instead of just getting on fucking social media, getting on Instagram and Facebook and be like, well, this is how I feel and posting a fucking bullshit meme that nobody gives a fuck about and then spreading false information. When's the last time you like signed up for like partners or a big brother or a big sister program and been like, Hey, these kids have nothing, whether they're black or they're white or they're Asian or they're, you know, native American or they're Mexican or what it, it doesn't fucking matter what race or where they come from. If they don't have a positive role model in their life. And if there's somebody, there's people like us in this room right now 
that all of us are really positive people and we, we, we are, we, all three of us are in places that we like, we're good people and we can go and help, help situations. And it's just like, if you're a person that's going to getting on social media every fucking day and just complaining and be like, Oh, the fucking blah, 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 go help locally. You can, you can, you can think and you can like acknowledge globally, but, but act locally because it starts with small baby steps. And it's just like, you know, it starts with like the, the kids right now who don't have parents and don't have a mom or a dad or anything. And they just need somebody to come hang out with them and go fucking play catch up in the fucking park. Or fucking go to art class with them. Or, or or fucking take them to bananas and play some video games. Or go and ride on the go-karts. Or fucking go play some frisbee golf in the park. Or whatever it is. And that's the shit that makes a difference in people's lives. And that makes them like, that makes that kid take another step in a positive direction instead of a negative direction. And that's what we, as human beings, that's where we make the positive step. And I think that like, that's the problem is people, it's easy for people to get on fucking social media and be like, eh. I, I saw this thing and I did this thing. Blah, 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 blah. Fuck you. Fuck all you people <laughs> in your fucking Facebook politics. You're all pieces of shit. There's not a single thing that I've, I post on there about any of that bullshit because you know it doesn't fucking matter. Because it's not changing anything. Because you're not changing anybody's mind on fucking Facebook. But if that shit really fucking matters to you, fucking make a difference in your own fucking community. Just like we're talking about right now. And just like, it's a big deal to me because like, you guys are my best friends. I love the fuck out of you people. And I have your back until the end of time. And I think that we all stand on the same fucking line. Just like the working class needs to stand together and support one another. And that's what we're, that's what we should do. So if you have a fucking problem with the way things are right now, fucking do something about it. And that's how I feel about it. That's kind of what the movie's about. And I think that Mel Brooks it says that. It becomes about that. No. It doesn't start out about that, but it becomes but, but about that. But I think that. a lot of his films are about that, though. Sure. You know what I mean? I think he's like, like just making, making Nazis look like fucking chumps and like, just making, I, I think that a lot of his films are about that. Like, I think a lot of it are just like, we need to stand together. Like, it can be funny all day long, but it's really more than that. Sure. For sure. But this film was great, and I was, I was like, ah, it's been a while since I've seen it, and like it was a lot. Maybe it's because like because the way things are actually right now, and things are a lot more different. Because I remember being like a little kid, and be like, oh, you're a dirty hobo, <laughs> but like, I'm like, ah, yeah, like towards that, the end of it, I was like, fuck, this is dark. Like it was a lot darker than I thought it was. The fun, but I not mean, not in a bad way. The, like tr- I'm like, they, fuck, this is. They did try to make it funny with the crazy like fucking, uh, um. Heavy equipment fight where they were the like dinosaur fight. Then it's actually that was great. Though. <laughs> <laughs> like, like the one crane thing like, like bites the other crane right and now? starts bleeding from its like, mighty morphin <laughs> power ranger. I mean that was pretty funny, but like I, I, mean, I think he's trying to prove a point, you know. I mean, it, it's a dinosaur fight with good construction equipment, but awesome. All right, next film: Robin and Men in Tights. Huzzah! We're almost to the end. I promise. I mean, so, fuck. Um, fantastic. What, what can I say about this? Other than my dad and I watching it a hundred times when I was a I kid. I said, hey. You know, like. I said, hey. Hey. 
this movie, I could quote this movie all day. Richard, so Lu- good. Richard Lewis is fantastic. <laughs> Carrie Ewells is fantastic. Amy Yaz Wasn't back. your mole on the other side of your face yesterday? I have a mole? <laughs> <laughs> and then... The the not last and not absolutely not even least the fucking major film debut of none other than Dave fucking Chappelle. Oh man, right? A chew, a chew. Bless you. <laughs> no, no, my name's a chew. <laughs> You're a, a chew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my no, god. No, this is like, and so I didn't. Even, I didn't even realize it at the time. You know, like my dad took me to the theater to see this. Right. But he also got me into Half-Baked because still at the time I was 14 and it was rated R. It was? Yeah, but he got me and like two other friends in to see it. Like he went and bought us fucking three tickets and gave them to me. IMDb says <laughs> PG-13. For what? IMDb says it was only ever I'm talking about Half-Baked. Not, oh. not, not that oh. thing. Oh. But like, yeah, the, I was just on the on the Dave Chappelle train. Oh. Like, my dad, you know, he always, if I needed to go see a movie, he would provide <laughs> for me and at least two other people. <laughs> like, here's your tickets, go. But Chappelle, man, what a killer first movie for him. And so. And Isaac Hayes was his dad. Yeah, I was just, just yeah. going to say that. Isaac like, Hayes was his dad. A sneeze. Oh, that's funny. A sneeze. And I chew. <laughs> the original motherfucking shaft. Shut yeah. your mouth. That's awesome. I forgot all about that, actually. And then we, we decided uh, little John was uh, Eric Allen Kramer, who played the guy that taught teaches Stifler to dance in American Wedding. Yep. At the, oh. at the gay club, he's the. He, oh, like, crazy. His, I think his name's actually Bear. I'll be damned. But I think he plays a bear. And I was like, I feel like this guy's been in Seinfeld. And he yeah, was. And he was as well. But like in the fucking late 80s or something. Huh. And so they made fun of a lot to the. No, he was in one episode. He was in the Keys episode. Are you talking about Seinfeld? Yeah. But he was a biker, right? Yeah. But it makes sense. So then, um, Patrick Stewart plays King Richard. Yep. And they make fun of Robin Hood and Tice a shit ton because, like, Sean Connery was in Men in Tights. Yeah, or, Sean Connery uh, was in Prin- Robin Hood. Uh, Prince of Thieves. And yeah. everybody's just like, Sean Connery's fucking Scottish. Like, the fucking King of England wasn't Scottish, and it's like a big <laughs> fuck. It's a big thing. And, like, all these people are super up in arms. And Kevin Costner didn't even have an... It was like, okay, it's everybody... Even fucking Christian Slater tried to have an English accent, but Kevin Costner's like, nah, not doing it, motherfuckers. And then, like, you know, Carrie Ewells is just like, I'm the only Robin Hood with a British accent. They're like, ah, you are dangerous. That's pretty funny. They just, they just, mono e mono. They just rip <laughs> Prince of Thieves in half, and it's like, uh, I challenge you to a duel. Smacks him with a rubber glove, and he just like picks up a fucking <laughs> night hand, and it's like, very well, I accept. 
<laughs> like fuck you. <laughs> so that then the armor scene. What did it take like a week? There's some dominoes. Oh yeah, the uh, armor scene. It's like a week and a half to set up. I think or some two shit. weeks. Like, yeah, it was two like, weeks is what I read. I think. Man. Like how? Like two weeks? Holy crazy. shit! But you could tell some of them were just. Stiff, yeah. and then some were people, right? But it was like intermittent, like which one actually fell, like you know, like it, obviously they had to make some of it look real, but yeah. they're like we can make some of it look fake. But you could see like every three to four was like, oh, those aren't people, but oh, there's a person, right? It's usually where there was a turn or a step up, yeah, it's like a step, the step up to the stairs on the way up and then on the way down. I'm like, yeah, two yeah, weeks to plan that? Crazy. Like, oh, my God. Uh, yeah. That's, what did they do for two weeks? I don't know. That's weird. That's a little weird. I mean, I, I guess, think they just partied yeah, for two weeks how, and figured it out, like, kind of in between, like, their little breaks. Maybe. I think depending I think. how heavy the armor suits were, that may have been what it was all about. It just said it took several weeks. Um, also, crazy. like, back to the mole thing, um, I guess Alan Rickman has a mole in... Prince of Thieves, but he's making fun of it because it like goes, mm. it goes to like his, it goes to his forehead and his lip and his chin and his other lip and his other cheek and his other cheek and back to his chin and it was like I guess Alan Rickman had one and I, I mean I'd have to watch that again but um, yeah, I don't necessarily remember. Just, they were making fun of that as well. Makes sense. I mean, the whole movie is like, right? <laughs> the whole movie is a comedy. And then, again, like Patrick Stewart, who plays King Richard, was born and grew up in Mirfield, two miles from the reputed site of Robin Hood's final resting place in the grounds of Kirksell Hall, West Yorkshire, which is English, but they like, they put an actual English king in this film, but then like in Robin Hood. Put these. It was just like they put Sean Connery, who was a fucking Scottish guy, and it's just like completely fucking not not the not the thing. It's a cool reveal. It's being like it's like they're being like, oh, the president of the United States is Canadian. It's like, right. it's like, oh yeah, you know, you like some maple surf, yeah. <laughs> oh, you lost your arms and bowed, <laughs> but you grew some nice boobs. <laughs> I, like, I like how the porn magazine fucking you know, the braille playboy like it was like this big it's like it, it was a half a person's size oh, if you're shit. listening it's just like feeling a boob like oh yeah I thought I felt a bit drafty in here so, so what's the, the, ca- blind the, guy, the camera yes. thing the what the camera thing when it breaks through the window Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The camera breaks through the window. Wasn't it when Maid Barion was in the tub or something? Yeah. And that apparently was a an homage to Psycho. Hmm. Alfred Hitchcock. Okay. Um, the camera, like, I think it, it wasn't, like, 100% on purpose, I, I don't think. But, yeah, like, camera hit, like, the window. Right. Of the basement. And, <laughs> yeah. That's funny. But, yeah, a, a camera legit, like, broke through a window while Maid Marion was in the bathtub. <laughs> but they, they break the, what do you call that, the fourth? Fourth wall? Yeah, like, several times. Oh, movie. yeah, there's moments where the, even uh, Mel Brooks looks at the camera and he's like, yeah. shakes his head, yeah. yeah. Like, does, in other movies he does that, too. 
like even in uh, Blazing Saddles, there's a point where they, they, yeah, the oh gosh, the guy playing the sheriff, like looks at the camera. It's full on like a thing. Yeah, yeah, breaking the fourth wall is awesome. Well, Brooks does it a lot, but yeah, he does it in the best way. Like, and it wasn't. I mean, it's a it's a way bigger thing now, but like back then, it wasn't a big thing. So it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So. Did you do the Hogan thing? That's yours thing as well. Oh, yeah. So, Little John, okay. they offered that role to Hulk Hogan, and he turned it down. Really? Yeah. Which I wonder... I like, mean, they probably weren't going to pay him that much, but I wonder, so he's probably like, uh. But even then, I wonder if they would have let him just be Hulk Hogan, like, don't get across this bridge, brother. I wonder if they would have just let him just be yeah, <laughs> Hulk Hogan, like, or if they would have tried to make him do a British accent. I think it kind of works you know the way I mean? it is, though, you know? Like, that guy, no, even that though guy he's only fine. in a couple other yeah. things that we know, like, it kind of worked. You know, I can't imagine Hulk Hogan acting like he was drowning like that guy did. Oh, yeah, that's You know true, what I mean? For like, sure. when he's like, oh, I can't swim. Like... That guy sold the shit out of it, and I really don't think Hulk Hogan would have. No, probably not. Is that the same guy? Now, I guess I don't know this, because I never really looked to see, and I only really thought about it just now. Yes. So, the Incredible Hulk, no, you don't know what the question is. Yes. Okay. The Incredible Hulk? Oh, night. okay. So, when they did the, 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 the TV movie for the Hulk with Daredevil and Thor... Is this the same dude that played Thor? For the TV movie? Back when there was, uh, um, you know what I'm talking about? What? Daredevil had a black costume because they didn't do a, a real costume and Thor had I don't it. know this one. Hold on. I think it might be the same guy, but I guess I don't, like I said, I don't know that. It's more of a question than anything else because I don't know. Fuck. But I never looked for the guy's IMDb. I've never even questioned that idea till just now. Hulk film. I don't even remember which the film that was, to be honest. Who was that guy's name? Uh, the actor that plays Little John? Tyler? I'm going. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. No. Lou. Oh, Lou Frigno. You're looking for the Incredible Hulk? Are you asking who played played Thor? Who played Thor? Uh, uh, That's the question. Incredible Hulk movie, Lou Frigno... Who played Thor? I didn't see it when I looked through it. his IMDb earlier. I would have noticed that, but yeah. I don't think it's him. I don't think it is either. We did look through that. Um, I'm going all the way back right now. I think it's Challenge of the Incredible Hulk. Is that what it was called? Dude, you're right. Same dude? Incredible Hulk Returns. Boom. He was Thor. What was he? He was Thor. Incredible Hulk Returns. I didn't remember the movie, but there you're you right, man. I went all the way back, and it's the third thing on there. Bam. Eric Allen Kramer. Yep, that's him. It's impressive, man. Yeah, it is impressive. Yeah, I went through his IMDb. It didn't pop up. Because we we looked all the way through it. Well, we were, like, glancing through it because it was like, oh, an episode in the TV show here, an episode there. He looks so familiar. But, yeah. Good eye. I'm the one that realized, like, oh, that's that's the dance guy from fucking, like, uh, American Pie. Oh right, yeah, I didn't. Because he's just like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I don't, I didn't realize that was the case. Not a great picture, but there you go. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's him. Heck yeah, <laughs> awesome. So I thought that when we were watching, when we were playing that um, outside for a minute. 
So, actually, this is between a conversation between Tyler and me earlier. Carrie hmm. Ewells, who's... Carrie Elway? Ewells is what I like to say. Ewells, Elways, who knows? I'm going to go Elways, but go on. Elways would be W-A-Y-S, Elways. Whatever. So, his character in The Princess Bride on Errol Flynn's portrayal of Robin Hood. That's like... So, like, when he, his character in The Princess Bride is based off the original film adaption of Robin Hood. Well, that's cool. In this movie... Such a natural fit. <laughs> Elles plays Robin Hood. Right. This is performance in Princess Bride that brought Elles to attend Mel Brooks. So he basically plays the original Errol Flynn version right. of that character, but in the comedic <laughs> version in this film. Right. It's funny. So it's kind of like a... It's a full circle there. It's pretty Because I, I was like... Because Princess Bride seems like a film that Mel Brooks would have written. It's I close. See, you know what I mean? I can see pieces of it. It doesn't have as much of the it doesn't have as much of the gag humor he uses. But there's pieces in there that are, that are similar. I could yeah. I could, I could see I could see that being a lean. Maybe whoever made that. But I mean but I mean who plays the fucking grandpa in Princess Bride? Um, it is the same guy that played Columbo on the TV series. Columbo. What's his real name? Peter Falk. That took a minute. You're right. Yeah. Was Columbo fantastic at all? I just like Columbo a lot. Yeah. Peter Falk's the guy that played, uh, the grandfather. Oh, you don't want to know about the kissing. I'll just... <laughs> right. Let me skip that part. But, but, but it, like, it kind of, like, it kind of flows see in, in, like, Mel Brooks' more sappy shit. Like, it kind of, like, fits with that situation. It fits, it fits a little bit. It, it, I could see similarities, yeah. Like, there's not... It, it's not as heavy-handed as Brooks' humor is, but I could see similarities. So, only film after this we have is Dracula... Dead and loving it. Which this is the last his last direct. This is the one. Um, his his Leslie last Nielsen? directorial With, uh, effort. Leslie Nielsen. Yeah. Oh. Which we just watched this. He was at my house really? earlier, and we were just watching it then. So, which it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> like to be the beginning, like, you were talking about like the the bat shit. Oh yeah, like. I put this movie on, started taking notes, and, like, the first thing I see happen is, so the guy who gets to the castle, who I immediately recognize, and I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? So I get <laughs> I get on IMDb, and I'm like, this is the fucking guy that's, like, the painter in Ghostbusters 2. Oh, yeah. It's Vigo. Yeah, like, this is that guy. Walks in, it's like, oh, hey, welcome. And Leslie Nielsen, like, see, there's some bats flying around, and one of them shits, and he's like, children of the night. And then he <laughs> fucking steps on the shit and flips and, like, rolls towards this guy, stands back up like it never happened. And is like, let me take your back. He's like, are you okay? Like, I'm he fine. Rolls, he rolls down the stairs. <laughs> it's yeah, falling yeah, down the stairs. Yeah, but yeah. it's it's like, it's hilarious. No, yeah. They zoom in on the shit, too, and it's like, obviously that's... I don't know that movie. It, it's, it's a little rough, but it's like chocolate soft serve or so something. Funny. But it's it's hilarious. When he's but out there. that to me was like also because of my dad. I've been a huge fan of Pink Panther, like the the original Pink Panther movies. Sure. Yeah. And this movie kind of reminded me of like if Pink Panther was 
a vampire or Dracula. <laughs> this is kind of like what that movie was. That's funny. Okay. Maybe not all the Mel Brooks shit, but like this one, I was like, this is like, I feel like that role was written for Peter Sellers, but then Leslie Nielsen played it. Yeah, I think I can see that. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was. I so, think it was also one of those things where just everybody was just like, oh, Leslie Nielsen and Mel Brooks should finally work together. Yeah, and it just—it was just like. It was that like that nineteen or that two thousand early two thousands like Lakers team that like Carl Malone was on and everybody was on and like oh we're gonna win this championship because they're all the greatest plays ever and it just, it just was fucking terrible and it didn't work out at all. Are you talking about the USA team? No, no, the Lakers. Okay, it wasn't the Dream Team. Okay, the Dream Team won everything because they're the greatest actual sports team of any way in history. Okay. Ugh. <sighs> mm. No, but Carl Malone, every like, joint, like, instead of, like, winning with the, the fucking jazz, he went to the Lakers. I was like, this thing, and I also think this is the only movie he lost money on. Really? Yeah. I can see that. $30 million estimated budget, $10 million worldwide. Wow. wow. But the thing is, is, like, but, yeah. the cost of movies went up. You think about the 70s. Well, balance-wise. He made everyone fucking money, yeah, so... Yeah. He's still, at lifetime, he's still in the, way in the black, so. Oh, yeah. For sure. And this is still a funny movie. Like, when you watch it, you're like, oh, this, is, this is a pretty fucking funny movie. And Dude from Wings is in it. Chick from Wings is in it. I mean, can't go wrong oh, there. Yeah. Okay. I forgot she was in there. Well, she was. Uh, and the other she's guy. She's one of the girls from. What's his the, name? She's, one of the, she's the sister. Yeah. And then, uh... What's his name is in it? From Wings? Yeah, the guy that played... The younger brother. The younger brother. Yeah. The dude He played uh, Brian, but the guy that played... He was also in The Shining... He's in The Shining TV movie. The the mini film. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's his name? Um, what's his, his real Steven, name? Steven Weber. Right. Okay. He, was, he was Brian in Wings. Tim Daly. Tim Daly. Fun brother. Tim Daly played the older brother. Also Superman. Who, tur- yeah. who turned into the fun or the fun brother at the end of the Wings TV show. That's true. And then like the main female in this, who's also in Amy Yazbek, she played Maid Marian. Maid Marian in Men in Tights, but she was the sister Casey in Wings. Yep. The, oh, really? The fun sister. Huh. Yeah. I don't really remember the sister. I guess there's a piece so of So there's there. wings shit all tied to Mel Brooks. A lot. Weird. <laughs> yeah. huh. Somehow. So Mel Brooks. This is him. He's fantastic. And everything he does is super fucking funny and great. Let's think about this right now. Because this is going to be a possibility in the near future. And it might be very hard to answer right now. Yes, everybody should go watch Blazing Saddles. I think it was settle yes, everybody. Everybody now. should watch every <laughs> Mel's Brick Brooks movie you can, but he's gonna die soon in the near future. Who could play him? In a movie? In a movie. In a in Seth, a in a biopic who could play him right now? Seth Rogen. Uh he might have nailed it first try. Mm. You ch- you shave him into a little mustache and you make him like not be like like just just make him tone it down just a little bit. I think he would nail the Mel Brooks biopic. 
Hundred percent. I've already thought about this the other day. I was just like, you know, who would be a fuck? Because I was listening to an interview with him on a fucking other podcast. I was like, you've had time to think about this. That's not fair. I'm sorry. I, I was I, trying to catch us all off guard. Like, who I fucking do this. <laughs> I work a lot of hours by myself, and I think about a lot of crazy shit. And like, he was. No, like, I kind of agree with you though. Like, I think he could do it for sure easily. It'd be fantastic. And then what I like about it the most is that like Mel Brooks was married. The first marriage didn't work out, but the, the second marriage, like, it was, she, she was a superstar, and he was just like, hey, you want to go out for dinner? And, and she couldn't quite see him through the lights, and she's like, oh, this, this guy's very, like, all these people on the set of this of this film, like, nobody would talk to me, and then he, he must be very handsome, and then, like, the lights, like, the the stage lights came on, she's like, this man is not handsome at all. <laughs> but, he, but, you know, but she's like, but you know what? He asked charisma, and he asked me, and so I let him take me to dinner. And then after that, he never left my side. And then the joke is that, like, he'd be like, where are you going? And she'd be like, I'm going to the grocery store. He'd be like, so am I. Like, <laughs> where are you going? I'm going to get a donut. So am I. And I was like, in Mel Brooks's voice. And she's like, that he just never left her side after that. And they were together until she passed away in, like, 2007, I think. And it's just like he, he loved her, and she was his... Obi-Wan Kenobi, like, she told me, hey, do this, do this, do this, and, like, you know, like I said, 16 people ever have won the EGOT, which is, like, all four of those things, like, right. and, he, and Mel Brooks is one of those people, and you think, like, Mel Brooks, oh, yeah, brought one of in tights, that guy, yeah, he's fucking brilliant, the producers is a brilliant fucking piece of, it's a cinema, cinema? yeah, a cinema and theater, like, theater well, classics of it, actually, yeah, it's awesome, it's amazing, it's just, like, his writing is incredible, and th- we didn't even touch on some. There's there's some things that he's written that we didn't touch on necessarily that he's helped with, and it's just I might he's he's he, he's awesome, and he deserved to be covered, and I'm glad that we did him justice tonight because none of us are fucking wasted, and none of us are like getting crazy and out of, out of hand, and it's just like fuck yeah, Mel Brooks, hell my fucking yeah. I'm glad we had time to watch like two of his movies too. Yeah, me too, because it like it kind of like it kind of like. Refresh some shit. Like, okay, found Dracula, we can watch that, and like... And Leslie Nielsen's fantastic. And then you fantastic. found fucking Life Stinks or whatever, and I'm yeah. like, oh shit, alright. Last minute, like, we were watching Robin Hood, but I was like, oh, Life Stinks is on Amazon, so if you want to watch Life Stinks, it's on Amazon Prime. Um, some of them are on Netflix. Uh, some are on Silent Hulu. Mo- Silent Movie is on nothing. Yeah. I think we saw, because they... Somewhere, it must have been an HBO, or uh, one of the HBOs, because there's like 30 of them, had the Dracula and Loving It yeah. one night. Yeah. That was like, I maybe maybe it was last month, I guess. It's been a minute. Well, we I have I that on Plex. It, right? We did. I have that on Plex. So, it was on Plex, know, too. So. We can watch that, but... Silent movie is the one where I'm like, Silent movie is the one that we're missing. Where we can find that, and the producers is on some things, but the producers is pretty fucking amazing because it's like it's it's Oscar winning, yada yada, and it's like it and it pretty much like spawned a lot of other amazing things too. So, um, as far as like the things that I would say, that's the one you should start with if you've never watched anything he's done. Which it's so fucking good in this day and age. It actually like it still holds up, man. Well, Making fun of fucking Nazis like Springtime for Hitler. <laughs> that shit is fucking hilarious. Yeah. And the fact that he yeah. wrote those songs, like he hummed those songs to himself into a tape recorder and gave them to somebody to fucking like make that into songs. It's crazy. With words too. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah. That's pretty yeah, it's pretty it's pretty over the top really. And he ran into he ran into a famous actress in the an elevator and I can't remember her name. 
And she's like, you're Mel Brooks. And he's like, yeah. And she's like, your movie is so vulgar. I, I feel disgusting standing in this elevator with you. And he's just like, <laughs> I can't remember the words that he said to her about. He's just like, yeah, well, um, I'm bringing the bottom closer to the bottom or something like that. Like he just like <laughs> said some like thing to like, or, or like that. And it was like somebody else was in the, in the elevator with him or they were like, Somebody else famous too, like, and I know he just, he did things the right way. He stood for things that fucking mattered. And that's the way that you need to do it. And in this day and age, comedians, I think people like Dave Chappelle, you know, he's still doing it, you know, like he's the only comedian that, well, but even like his last stand up, like it's amazing. Nobody is saying the shit he's still saying right now, but, but people like Dave Chappelle and Joe Rogan and Tom Segura, there's like, there's. Comedians are the last form of being like, let's make fun of the shit that's disgusting, and let's make it by making fun of it, we're taking the power away from it. Yeah, and it's amazing, that, and and like they all say that shit. Eddie Murphy's done that that shit, you know, for years. Richard Pryor did that shit, you know, like George Carlin did that shit with the fucking seven, seven deadly words. Like comedians take the power away from the fucking nonsense. Comedy takes comedy when you laugh at something. It's just like, and, you know, the, the funny thing is, is like, I'm going to, I'm going to do a, a context of people. If, if you're listening to this and you don't know anything that we're talking about, Harry motherfucking Potter, you know, like when the fucking book, the, the, uh, the prisoner of Azkaban, when the, when the, the Bogart has like, it's the thing that you fear the most. Right. But as soon as you laugh at it, it goes away. Right. I, that's, that's like, like, um, JK Rowling said, I did that. I wrote that in response to what comedians do to fucking society. And it's just like, that's fucking amazing, man. It's like that she, she said that and, I, and she said some fucking weird shit lately about like trans people and whatever, but I don't give a shit. But like, it's like <laughs> if you, you laugh at your biggest fear. You laugh at your biggest fear. What, whatever it is in society it takes power away. From it takes it, the yeah. power away from For it. sure. It's like saying Voldemort's name. People are like, Oh, he who must not be named, but like, ah, oh, fuck Voldemort. And they're like, it takes the power away from the name. He's like, like, fucking take take the power away, man. Don't don't that shit fucking like the fuck it. Sure. So it's amazing. So Mel Brooks, more power to him. It's awesome, Mel Brooks. Love you, gents. Social medias. I am at Wendell twenty four on all social medias. CBS is at Top of Comic CBS with all of his drawings. He did a really, really, really fucking cool one that like I've actually tried to talk to him about a couple times, but like mm. he's talked about the other ones, but his uh, Royal Tenenbaums one is really awesome. Oh uh, yeah. Both of them. Super good. The Margo one's cool. The one with both of them is really fucking rad. I can't wait for you to, to see it colored. I hope you color it. I don't know why I ain't thought about that yet. Oh, well, I would love to see that. See, Tyler, you are at? I am at Huff Tizzle, H-U-F-F-T-Y-Z-Z-L-E. Um, and Scovillionaires. Scovillionaires. You can't spell that too fucking bad. <laughs> Scoville, it's the heat ranking from hot sauces and peppers, um, and millionaire. Put those two in the Scovillionaire. Think about it; it goes together. I am on the most current episode of that show with our buddy Connor, who's been on this podcast multiple times with us. Um, I've been on that with the. We did Triple X this week. Triple X, Elu Kateko. Shout out, Elu Kateko's. Amazing. Um, shout out to Self King Podcast because that's the reason I love Elio Kuteko, that and Raul. And, um, CBS and me do the action figure deconstruction together. 
Um, we did Baby or Baby Yoda slash The Child last week. Yeah, I think so. That was last week. Mm-hmm. Um, this week we don't have one, but we will have some new ones coming up. We have a bunch of figures coming in the mail. Um, and then you just got, did you get Squirrel Girl? I did. Cool. You have Squirrel Girl. So we have, that's coming. That's going to be a neat one. Um, just because it's like a, deluxe figure like anyone you say what the fuck is squirrel girl it'll be cool um other than that um we also have the top five comics podcast which mm-hmm. is the thing that started all of the shit because cbs learned how to do a podcast before any of us did any of these things and if you go to top five comics everything that we just talked about there's links to all of that stuff along with ant-man 2050 uh, for game, yeah, video game stuff on YouTube, yeah. Which is your brother's um, gaming walkthroughs, and mm-hmm. it is on there as well. So please take uh, t- check that out, listen to it, watch it, check out everything out if you can. Um, if you're still listening at this point, thank you for listening. Uh, we love you guys, and we love film, we love movies, and if there's a director or an actor or something you want to hear about, please send us a message on social medias. We're trying to do our best by getting through shit. A little bit of trivia as we do things, right? Yeah. Numbers, nonsense you can talk about the one the water cooler at work. And, of course. And water you, cooler, hard for me to say just now. And if you want to be a guest on this podcast, send us a message. And if you're cool enough, maybe we'll let you. <laughs> We've let way lamer people be on this podcast. True story. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, Other than that, thanks for joining us. And we will talk to you guys next week. Other than that, take us out, Tyler. All right. May the Schwartz be with you and Hootie Hoo!